0: So I, I did write a reply um, on one of the episodes. I mentioned this to Cameron. But oh. I guess it doesn't count as a review. Um, I don't know how, how to review.
1: I don't know. I think it counts as a review.
0: Um, Let me... So you said it was on Spotify? Yes. It's in your... Oh, it's in
2: the Revenge of the Fallen Part 2. D- Another fantastic addition to an incredibly enjoyable series. The laughter and banter of two genuine friends makes you feel like you're right there in the room with him even from a continent away that's so nice well funny enough this man is in the room with us this week so i hope it feels like he's in the room we've got caleb with us on the pod this week caleb what do you have to say
0: hello again listeners i am back
2: wednesday night we are not in (laughs) rachel's apartment we are at an undisclosed location in a studio for once we're in a very official looking location if you could Mm -hmm. see us we actually look like real podcasters for once whether it's
0: just because i'm here or not we're gonna leave that undisclosed Mm -hmm. but i will take all the credit for it
1: we even have a dry erase board
2: we do we're very professional
1: and lighting that we're not using. <laughs> yeah, we, that, not, all that's very
2: visual. It's unnecessary. Welcome to Rebels and Robots, episode thirty. We are we are in our third, not decade. I don't know, like third ten group of ten. I don't trimester, know. trimester. Oh no. no that's not the right. <laughs> we're in our tenth Uh-oh. trimester. If that's how we're doing the math. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <Uh-oh>. Mm. <laughs> and each uh, episode
1: is like a child. <laughs> Hmm. This is mm. number
0: 30. That puts us uh, more than the
2: Duggars, I think. We don't have our editor with her with us to, for us to send her notes. Athena <laughs> is uh, where she should be, at Rachel's apartment, not with us. She's
1: probably nappy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is our weekly chat about Star Wars and... Transformers. And... Whatever else <laughs> <laughs> comes to I, mind. I, I just pointed at him, <laughs> wondering what he would say. Um, I, I'm Cameron. I'm Rachel. And uh, I'm Caleb. Oh, my gosh. There's another oh, person in the room, man. which I've already spoiled
1: because we already of, talked about it. Outside of Athena. <laughs> yes. Not a person, <laughs>
0: though. I'm here on Athena's behalf. She's an editor. Editors aren't <laughs> <on> people.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> We just can't get away from that writer's strike. It comes up every episode.
1: <laughs> That's why she's not here. <laughs> <laughs> she's during the sex strike. Because we haven't paid her. <laughs> Even though she lives rent-free with me.
2: <laughs> That's enough pay. Okay, so. I'm not, neither of us are getting paid either. No one's getting paid. In fact, if anything, we're paying to do this. We pay RSS fees. We do pay RSS fees. <laughs> so, like, this is a, a, a dummy tax on us is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> If, uh, for whatever reason, this is your first episode listening to the podcast. We Uh, apologize in advance. (laughs) Uh, Myself and Rachel are the hosts of the pod, and Caleb is our guest. Uh, He's the second time on the pod. Technically, this will be the third episode, because his first episode was a two-parter. But he's the only guest we've ever had on, and we're super happy to have him back. Um, He did literally invite himself on the pod, (laughs) which was uh, very nice. Caleb, what made you want to come back to Rebels and Robots? Um...
0: If I'm honest, uh, Thrawn the Prawn, I think uh, he wasn't getting enough content. <laughs> no, that's uh, the. Um,
1: He's about to get more content in Ahsoka. Oh, he is going
2: to get more. Thrawn content. the Prawn will return. Yes, uh,
0: but no, it was it was a really great time. You guys are great hosts, and it's a really fun time to be on the pod. So uh, that's my wholesome moment to uh, make up for the fact that I keep referencing a bit I've already done because I am <laughs> ridiculously vanguarous. What is
1: what is this podcast if not referencing a bit we've already done? <laughs> One must imagine Rebels and robots happy.
2: <laughs> um, sorry, I was trying to figure out. I have gone in through the back doors of Spotify podcasts. I can now see that comment that we read up at the top. So now I know how to see comments if anyone else does so. Uh, no one has. Like, imagine <laughs> if you pulled
1: up and there were like 30 comments.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would have been delightful. Unfortunately, no one has left any comments on it. Sad. But I didn't even know you could do that. That's fascinating. Um, hopefully, I, that... I still haven't figured out how to leave a review yet but whenever I figure that out <laughs> we don't have
0: to discuss that live on the pod uh, I don't think that's the content I would be tuning in for but
2: uh, I could not figure that while I was a continent away Caleb uh, do you think you would have invited yourself onto this week's episode if you had known you'd have to watch this movie
0: oh it's a really tough call uh,
2: <laughs> I think I, I, when we started I said
0: there's no one I'd rather watch this film with and while that's still true I'm not sure if that means I would have rather watched this film <laughs> if I could choose otherwise. <laughs> That's and, phenomenal.
2: <laughs> uh, and the movie we are talking about is Transformers: For Age of Extinction, mm-hmm. which we will get to in a moment. But as usual, we start off with news and thoughts from last week. Rachel, what news you got for us today?
1: So we messed up big time in our Barbie episode. Shocking.
2: What do we? What, <laughs> I, what do we do?
1: So. We, I can't believe none of us caught this. And by none of us I meant I guess you and I. <laughs> I'll take the phone on this one. Yeah, my Caleb gosh. We have some dedicated
2: listeners who should have caught it as well. We'll blame Megan see, and Caleb. Actually,
1: I don't really I don't <laughs> think they would have caught it either. This is strictly something we should have caught. One of the uh maybe not main characters, but secondary characters, um, Ruth Handler in Barbie. Um, she she uh she's the creator. You know, her ghost keeps an office on the seventh floor. We see her interacting with Barbie at the end. There's that really nice oh, mm-hmm. Um uh, Perlman. Uh, yeah. uh
0: Danny DeVito's wife. Ray Perlman. Okay.
1: Ray Perlman is the voice actor of Sid from The Bad Batch. Whoa! And I can't believe we didn't catch that.
2: That's nuts. That is like that's not a major mistake. It's just a, a massive like oversight It really, really is. That is how did you come across this information? I
1: saw it on I think I saw it on um Twitter.
2: Interesting. So yeah. So for if, if this is not connecting with listeners, uh, Sid was a primary character in the thing that we were talking about at the beginning of the year when this podcast started, Star Wars Bad Batch season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, a she character was in season one too. Yeah, but we, we oh, talked yes. about season two at the start of the year, and. Uh, we hated that character so much. It was a, <laughs> it was a like a major element at the I beginning like of this we, podcast. I feel
1: like we didn't catch it because I don't know about you. I really enjoyed Ruth Handler and Barbie. Yeah, so she played a likable. She's character. phenomenal
2: in Barbie. That's so funny. Just like the the contrast between those characters. What range?
1: I know, truly. What phenomenal. a queen.
2: Uh, do you do you have any comments about our Barbenheimer episode, Caleb? Um, I, I think
0: the name. Yeah, I missed an opportunity to say Barbenheimer City. <laughs> um, I dad beat that drum a little bit today, but uh you know, get them all in there. Um, I—I'll be honest. I was gonna do prep, and I was gonna go through every single one of the movies I'd seen <laughs> and rate them on a scale of Barbenheimer to—or uh, sorry, Barbie to Oppenheimer. Um,
2: but uh, frankly, it was just too much work. That's a lot. Um, it was, and- <laughs> a- Ooh, dude, and we really—it it was almost too big of a bite to chew. But we got through it.
0: Yeah, so I, I, I didn't, I, I have no, I think, um, I remember I was, I was listening to it on the way up as well from wherever I live getting here to wherever this is. Um, wherever I live.
2: Wherever I live. However long of a drive that is, I was listening to this. Yes. <laughs> you sound like a Simpsons character. Because on The Simpsons, they refuse to give away which state they're
1: in, and that, that was great. Um, Redacted. <laughs>
2: And so I remember
0: getting to Empire Strikes Back and you're like, oh, definitely Oppenheimer. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And you got to Rogue One, you're like, Oppenheimer. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then I forget the rest. Um, So (laughs) that's my take on that. Um, No, I I really had nothing else besides the name.
2: Um, It was a a clever concept. I quite liked that. So I I would imagine, especially within your most recent memory. No, well, actually, we'll talk about Transformers in a minute. Um, As far as news... What, uh, what else you got, Rachel?
1: I have a shout out for Megan. Um, big props to you, Megan. I love you a lot. You're higher up on my will. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Megan texted me a little while. Um, she did a lot of traveling this summer, and so whenever they would go to Walmart, she would text me pictures of the Star Wars Black Series figures that were at the Walmarts <laughs> and ask me if I wanted any of them. She did get me one. I got the she got me the Migs Mayfield uh, normal figurine. Oh yes. a couple weeks ago she texted me today and i actually i was probably five minutes away from missing this because i was at work i'm at walmart in redacted location (laughs) (laughs) wow we're really just gonna
2: never (laughs) specify where anyone is do
1: you want to hear um the black series selection that they have and then um 10 minutes later almost leaving so i'll send you the pics and she sends me a picture of um Luke Skywalker and Grogu from the book of Boba Fett, which is a really cool figure. I've never oh. seen it in person. And then she sends me a oh. picture of the Tython Boba Fett um, figurine. So you and say she, Tython? That is that I is, have not heard that term. So Tython is the planet that Mando and Grogu uh. went. And so this is right after Boba gets his armor back. Isn't that so where that, the tauntauns come from? Tython? No, that's that's Hoth. <laughs>
2: Um, Can you imagine if the Tauntauns were sentient? Ooh. Like, they were not from Ha. They had traveled there. They, they cut from... George up. <laughs> a whole planet. Um, oh, yeah. that would have been a great they... plot for the sequel trilogy <laughs> is the Tauntauns seeking revenge the on Tauntauns Luke and Han.
1: <laughs> um, but so she sends me the picture. They've got your boy. And I text her, Oh, I, I just missed this. My bad. And I just called her. <laughs> I called her while I'm at work about to go to a meeting and I'm like, are you still there? And she's like, yeah, do you want one? I was like, I need the Boba Fett one. So big props to Megan. I'm actually really excited about this because first of all, I just feel very loved that she, uh, that you think of me, Megan, but also because this one has been on my list for a long time. And by the time I get around to buying it, it's either sold out or not available or it's scalped prices. So I'm just super excited that this happened to show up in um, Redacted Walmart. Um, so very excited. So big props to you, Megan. So thank you. Um, thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. So next time when I have it, we can do an unboxing again on that next episode.
2: Sounds good. Another another unboxing episode. And it's, it's just
1: it's just the noises really in us commenting. <laughs>
2: We do far too many visual things. We do a lot of visual things. How do you feel, Caleb, as a listener, how do you feel about those very visual moments? So
0: honestly, especially the uh, everyone's favorite meme, minute, parsec, or whatever the full name is, um, I get quite a bit of enjoyment, actually probably even more enjoyment, about listening to your description of a meme, (laughs) even more than the actual meme itself. Sometimes, this is a very legitimate thing, I was disappointed by the meme because of how strong your reactions were and the description on the pod. Maybe I'm I'm an outlier, but I actually quite enjoy the description of the meme. It doesn't work every time. Um, with the visual elements, but the memes especially are very good.
1: The hype does not <laughs> does
2: not work out.
0: Uh, we can have the other uh, two other major listeners. Um, I would like to count myself a major listener if I can. Be so definitely harmful. all right.
2: Bare minimum top three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can uh, we can see if the other two uh, would agree with my my statement. We can get a consensus. Rachel and Megan. I mean Rachel's mom <laughs> and
2: Megan. My mom, yeah. <laughs> Way in um, in a what has now become a regularly reoccurring segment on this podcast. I did not expect it. Paramount releases new posters for Transformers (laughs) Rise of the Beast. Yep. Nearly two months after Uh its release, they're still (laughs) releasing new posters and they're still good. (laughs) I have been a big fan of (laughs) all of these posters. That
1: looks like a Fortnite foot. You nailed it. It does kind of have Fortnite colors to it. That's a Fortnite
2: poster. (laughs) But they did one for the Autobots, one for the Maximals, (laughs) and one for the Terracons. And like hey, it's the blue. That's why it's Fortnite. I think. Yeah. The, the, I
1: really. The... A lot of times, I really dislike floating head ones, but those aren't too bad. Well, so they're not floating heads, though. Like
2: you have their full bodies still.
1: True. And character pyramid. Nicely,
2: yeah. The character pyramid. I and you mm. have like the settings at the bottom mm-hmm. and a different color choice for each one. Mm-hmm. These are simple, nicely designed. Whereas like. Series like Marvel get heavily criticized for really crappy posters, especially their initial posters. These do not look like they were slapped together at the last second.
1: Star Wars also just uh released character posters for Ahsoka. I don't know if you saw them. I did not. I thought they were okay. They were just very typical posing with mm-hmm. lightsabers characters. Sure, sure, sure. I didn't think they were anything special.
0: They yeah. didn't promise anything for Fortnite, didn't they? <laughs>
1: We don't know if Ahsoka is <laughs> going to be in Fortnite, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that we don't cover anything. <laughs> that, would just, that would be
2: a lot of content with no payoffs, is what that would yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Very similar to uh, tonight's movie, actually. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah really apt Good analogy.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: You hit on that. We don't even have to review the movie now.
1: Yeah, this is the shortest episode. <laughs> um, 37 years ago, today, Transformers, the movie, released in the U.S. Oh, wow. Not that we, I know we don't typically do this day in history uh-huh. stuff, but it's pretty on topic. So
2: very nice. Like today,
0: like two, yes, two day,
1: 37 years ago today.
0: Wow. Oh. Well, happy birthday transformers. <laughs> we, we would
1: normally <laughs> ha- wait. Happy we can, birthday Ka- Galvatron. Cameron, we can tweet that. We can join the, <laughs> you, you we can, still have time. we can join the birthday, uh, oh, the birthday tweets.
2: Not getting, <laughs> that is one of my, my, uh, my soap boxes right now is the ridiculous, just infinite posting of happy birthday to vaguely Star Wars-related uh, celebrities. Or just like, if you just go on Facebook, all these geek accounts, they're just constantly posting happy birthday And tagging to the person. Top
0: listeners know this is the second time Cameron's mentioned this yeah, on I, the
2: pod. I, I was thinking I had mentioned it before. Man, it is so annoying. No, but this one, so not to a person, but to a movie, a little bit different because there's going to be fewer of those. Happy Death Day, Optimus Prime. <laughs> 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 bon <voyage. laughs>
1: Um, I got more. I, I have a decent amount of yeah, news. I'll it. keep it brief. Um, so there's a book series that's called uh, From a Certain Point of View. Mm-hmm. And so it goes through the Star Wars books. And so there's been one for Empire or for uh, A New Hope. It's, so each chapter is the events of Star Wars from a different character's point of view. So we've talked about it that's a even, little yeah. bit. But for example, there are, I read the one in The New Hope. There are probably seven different chapters of different characters who were in Mos Eisley's Cantina um, during mm-hmm. the event, which was great for the first two. And then I was sick and tired of the rest of them because there were so many. Did they do an Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru uh, chapter? There is one from Aunt, from the perspective of Aunt Beru's ghost. And it's actually very sad, but there's that a point tragic. of view from Bale and uh, Brea Organa's view as Alderon gets blown up. Yeah, it's pretty but so yeah, there's a couple of stormtrooper of Anyways, all that to say Is it the guy who says look sir droids? Is it him?
0: I want his point of view. I want yes, to know what he, me.
1: Yes, his point of view is in it. Oh my gosh. That one tra- that one <laughs> tra- <laughs> stormtrooper. Yes. Yeah, the, one of the stormtroopers is that's one of the point of views, the who let Obi Wan and uh No, what he's saying is the one who picks up
2: the, <laughs> the like piece of metal in the desert and goes, Look, sir, droids. Oh
1: no, I don't think so. <laughs>
2: i I was that's why i wanted to clarify because i did not think so no
1: okay anyways um so there's one for empire strikes back and now the one that's going to be coming out now that will be the return of the jedi one um for the 40th anniversary of return of the jedi and so there is a character that will have a point of view and his name has escaped me but he's the diner owner in um attack of the clones attack of the clones That Obi Wan suggests Yeah, Dexter is getting a point of view chapter in Return Return of the the Jedi. So
2: I guess would like the moment he learns that the Empire is. I'm guessing
1: that's what everyone keeps reporting. Unless they're they are expanding the from a certain point of view into the prequel trilogies, but considering Return of the Jedi isn't out, but lots of sources have been reporting that Dexter is getting his own short story, which would. Why. Star Wars loves its. I I would presume
2: that like the closest connection I can make is. In the special edition of Return of the Jedi, they do show multiple planets celebrating. Yes, including that is. Coruscant.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm, I can only imagine how many point of views are going to be from that. Mm-hmm. And so I would assume
2: they're going to just like want to cut in on that character, and, and that 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 will be the, probably the POV character
1: to show. What We're was we are definitely getting a chapter from that one Ewok who grieved the death of their friend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> We're definitely getting their their love story or whatever. No. Oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I just know. Oh no!
2: What I was about to say is I think that potentially Dexter Jester's stories about him uh, defending his diner against looters during the celebration. Oh, <laughs> oh no! no. That would be topical.
1: Uh, I mean, Coruscant did not get liberated actually for a hot couple of years that
0: would be oddly topical to the continent i was on uh for this
1: oh, <laughs> <ooh>. <laughs> oh you're right i almost texted you about that i was curious <laughs> it wasn't bad
0: um but like in a very real sense i was working like, and there were riots just a couple of blocks away
1: oh fun so, you're like hmm.
0: we learned about it on twitter that was the main thing just another day in
2: redacted continent
1: <laughs> <laughs> well there's seven <laughs> Um, So, my last piece of news is... So, this is more like a fun movie sci-fi tidbit. Aliens. The movie? Yes. Oh. The scene where uh, Ripley and Newt are trapped in the medical bay. There is a scene where they have utilized a shockwave toy as a prop. Oh, that's phenomenal.
2: Can I I see that real close? Yes. So, we've got an image here from... So, he... Is he this, like...
1: He, this he's a little laser-looking thing, little medical equipment thing scanner.
2: Fascinating. How is this confirmed?
1: Yeah. Because it
2: doesn't 100% look like it. Like It looks well, similar, it's but... It's
1: painted and adjusted, but yes.
2: I I would be curious to see if that's been confirmed anywhere. The
1: camera doesn't believe me, but <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly, like, the arms. What is that character's name again? Shockwave it's mostly the arms because if you compare the arms mostly a little <laughs> clear bit
2: it's most of the arms mostly
0: <laughs> for the listeners uh no i have not seen aliens mm. <laughs> uh, the listeners should actually probably know about that fact about about this guest is that uh, i actively uh, reference movies i have not seen
1: <laughs> true
0: and that might be my only card for how I got onto a podcast about uh, Star Wars and Transformers, knowing so very little about both Star Wars and Transformers. You
1: had some good commentary tonight, though. I wrote down a lot of things. Yes.
2: Uh, oh, thank you. Excited to get to that. Do you have any uh, more news?
1: No. That's it. Okay. I don't think so.
2: So on to this week's topic, Transformers for Age of Extinction, which... Uh, the quest for peace. <laughs> The Age of Extinction quest for peace. Um, Age of Directed extinction. yet again by everyone's um, favorite patriot, Michael Bay. I almost said George Lucas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, then um, it literally sort of funny. Could you imagine
0: a scene where, maybe I'll have Chat GPT uh, paint the scene, where George Lucas and Michael Bay are both at a frat party. I feel like there would be totally different parts of the room. Um, those two directors. I think
1: it's bold of you to assume George Lucas would be at a frat party.
0: <laughs> he, he's the DD. He's, he's invited. It's his first time. Um,
2: <laughs> so uh, He's just sitting there in the corner looking awkward. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> we have already gotten way up. <laughs> uh, I realized the mistake we made last week, at least for viewers, listeners who had never seen, seen the movie we were talking about. We probably should have done a brief plot synopsis if you can indeed summarize this movie briefly. This one is a soft reboot from the previous three. The previous three followed
1: what? What's that look, Rachel? I don't know if I'd call it a soft reboot, but it's just the next installation in the same. It doesn't have
2: any, it has two similar characters. There's no running plot thread from the previous one. Yes, there
1: is. They mention Chicago all the time. They mention
2: it. There's like like references. But it's still in the same universe.
1: a a a reboot is. uh, No. A
2: soft reboot. A soft reboot is when you pretty much reset the cast and you don't rely heavily on continuity from previous films, and it's still in the same continuity. Like a reboot is just like a blank slate, hmm. effectively. But a soft reboot is it's in the same continuity, but it's also doing a lot of new stuff because See, like you don't have like what other series do you know that just like just uh, just a clean slate of new actors like this? Like there's like Star you Wars. could. Mm. That's a prequel. Does that? But you have the same exact characters, and the then sequels, which still have the original actors still. in oh, yeah, are still sequels. Yeah. And that's a, that is a and that is, that also episode seven is also considered a soft reboot because it's been so long between the release of six and seven. I have
1: never heard movies in the same. Sop- soft reboot is, soft is reboot. meant
2: as a an entry point for new fans who can still watch that movie without having seen the previous one. That is an oh, like interesting the
1: 1984
0: definition. Like uh, Transformers movie. A soft reboot, where they kill off all of the main cast that everyone knows.
2: Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Hmm. That's, hmm. Is that a soft reboot? I don't necessarily mean that. Uh... Um, it was a soft reboot for the toy line. <laughs> That's what it was. Hmm. And so effectively what you have here is you have like the start of a new trilogy, effectively they wanted to start a new thread this one is especially having There's seen three of them well they never they never did to be. It. They, they never finished it because five bombs so hard but you can see them whereas the previous three were all relatively standalone without like setting up any element for a sequel this one is clearly setting up for a sequel especially having seen the fifth one we know that there are things that it's setting up and uh, It starts with a whole new cast. Like every, there's not any carryover human characters in this one. Um, Stars Mark Wahlberg, Stanley Tucci, Kelsey Grammer, um, T.J. Miller briefly, and (laughs) And I guess I
1: guess guess if you're just referring to humans, yes, but there are returning Transformer characters. Two, three. Who's the third one? Ratchet's in it. Oh, Oh, he's briefly in it.
2: Briefly, yeah, and Megatron's head is in it. And Megatron's dead head is in it.
1: Yeah, it is in it. Not, and Sentinel. It's so not is a that total like, is, that like, is that like four total, technically, if you count the heads together?
2: I wouldn't c- consider dead characters' heads characters necessarily. Well, oh wait, you do have um, brain.
1: The, oh yeah, so there are so returning characters.
2: Two with very minor scenes. Again, that's why it's a soft reboot. You're Isn't carrying
1: the other ones as well.
2: Uh, no, this is his first one. He's in the next one as a totally different character, but this is his first one. I I just feel that you like from the audience perspective, you could watch this movie and it would make sense. I mean, as much as any movie could make sense. True, yes, they, a big but they they do character.
1: reference Darker the Moon quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, absolutely.
2: But like, you would be able to get pretty quickly to understand. Oh, there was. A battle. They even show footage from it in this movie. There was a battle mm-hmm. in 4. But also, I would assume this movie was probably heavily um, developed with the assumption Michael Bay was not coming back, which would have, I think, been another <laughs> that would have been element. Better. of a better. That's typically another element of a soft reboot is a new director. But unfortunately, Michael Bay stuck around. But even though, like, even there, Michael Bay carries over a lot of his Michael Bayness to this movie, there is a distinct stylistic shift from the previous three. I don't know exactly how to put my finger on it, but it is different. Not necessarily good. Definitely not good. It's not but as gritty. Yeah,
1: it's... Clean.
2: It's trying to be a little bit more, I guess, like a toy movie than the last one, which was a more of a war movie, really. But the, a broad definition of the plot would be I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. i think I you can probably do it better than me rachel
1: so this is post this is five years after dark of the moon um earth has turned against um the autobots and decepticons and so the government has pretty much um carried out a secret plan to destroy both decepticons and autobots um so the autobots are on the run uh we see we have cade and his um strained relationship with his graduating high school daughter tessa and her weirdly 20 year old boyfriend, because that's important apparently. <laughs> it's
0: also very important that he's seventeen. Cade, and Michael Bay will yes Michael dwell Bay on will... that in an absurd amount.
1: Yeah. Um Cade finds Optimus, who's been in hiding since then, and um Cade's awful friend Lucas turns them in, which then causes the government to come hunt them down and starts the next two hours of Cade and his <laughs> oh. family um and the Autobots running from the government the side plot is that with the technology from the other dead transformers um ksi this human company has started building their own transformers and which we have (laughs) in godzilla (laughs) you know yeah there's a lot of weird uh similarities to it um there's also another side plot of Weird transformers that caused the extinction of the dinosaurs and turned parts of the earth metal. And so hmm. we have another side antagonist, Lockdown, who is hunting the Autobots with the help of the, hu- or contracted by the human government.
0: Gunface to the uninitiated. Yes,
1: Gunface. <laughs> um, Optimus is captured. And so they have a uh, wild chase to Shanghai where Stanley Tucci, Joshua, the human antagonist i guess or side antagonist um changes side to help because he doesn't want to destroy the earth which is what um that the technology they've been collecting is ultimately going to do galvatron is there he is present. and then he and then he dips at he the end he's like oh, I'll, I'll come back and uh, yeah and then it ends with optimus flying off into the space to find their creators
0: and there are space dinosaurs which uh, and the there marketing are space dinosaurs are a lot yes. more prevalent than yes they are. But I guess we're a few years out from this movie's release, so everyone who's who's vaguely aware of this movie probably knows that the dinosaurs
1: were—they're not in until about two hours and fifteen minutes,
0: which is a two hundred forty-five minute movie. Probably the first thing I knew about this movie was that the dinosaurs on the poster are not there until two and and they're in all the marketing. Yes,
2: yeah, it's almost like I'm trying to think of an equivalent. I feel like there's like the uh, prevalence of. Do you know what it is? It's I think it's mostly like the really bad cheap, cinema. Yes, really cheaply made movies that are meant to just have a really interesting cover that are sold in video stores and never released in theaters. They're just straight to DVD. And there's like, I mean, it kind of in, in the you vein, same it on vein a as lunch your lunchbox
1: and you sold it. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> sold, it. sold
2: it. But um, <laughs> movies that like. Um, Like a Sharknado-esque movie. I've never seen Sharknado specifically, so I don't think this falls into it. But, like, movies that have, like, a crazy name and a crazy cover, and then that thing is in it for, like, or do you know what's even worse is, famously, there's a lot of movies that have Bruce Willis on the cover, Mm -hmm. but he's barely in the movie. There's just things that movie like, really cheap movies do to try to sell people on it just to get them to buy it or rent it.
1: Or movies where uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is only in the trailer for two seconds and then he's in the whole film. (laughs) <laughs> Whoa. That's that's a
2: reverse problem right there. <laughs> and so I it it feels like a strange decision though for this massive budget fourth movie in a, a very successful series with a returning director to I, I think there's an element of in like good stories they save the best thing for the end, but when your movie's this long <laughs> the mm. end is way too long to wait to do that this thing. This long and, and so <sighs> nonsensical
0: there's not like things are happening and yet nothing is happening there's no build there's no there's really no continuity and i don't want to get too much into details because we'll get into that later but man there is just like things are happening in each scene but there is no progression or trajectory to this film at all except downhill except downhill (laughs) downhill because it just keeps going that's there is a trajectory
2: into the toilet (laughs) but that's really just
0: it's it's just the viewer exhaustion that's the only thing Mm -hmm. that's measured in this movie
1: I don't remember the beginning part taking 40 minutes oh, when I saw it in theaters. I saw this movie in theaters with my
0: mom. Shout out to Rachel's mom. Shout out to
1: <laughs> mom.
2: <laughs> um, so we typically break this up into what we liked, what we didn't like, and what is either just like strangely amusing, strange, just in and of itself, or confusing. Obviously, the shortest segment of this conversation will be what we liked. What did you guys like about the movie?
1: Uh, you know what? I do like this design for Optimus in this film. Interesting. I th- I don't know. I think the you know the original movie is very iconic. but I don't know. It's just sleek. I like it. I
2: I think it is more aesthetically pleasing than what we've seen. Like he's like really jagged. He's and has beefy a lot of sharp, in this one. He has a lot of sharp edges in the last two, which I didn't find very aesthetically pleasing to look at. But it does feel strange to make him this round or curvy, as you put it. <laughs> um, okay, for context, <laughs> a joke. Um, and he's infamous for being boxy. That's his original design. So Square. it feels incredibly strange to make a character known for being really boxy and make him this round. Um, well, but For the first half of the movie, he's very boxy. Oh, he's a very he boxy character. Oh, uh, really it's about bad. a third of the movie, not necessarily half. He is his... It, this movie does feel a strong need to like try to give you what you want and then like yoink it away. They give like fi- in the fourth movie they finally put Optimus in his classic uh, truck form with the flat front, and then he just transforms back into what he's been in the last film. And Bumblebee, I mean, I think I don't know how people feel about this. I always thought. Bumblebee was more interesting, at least in these movies, as the classic uh, Camaro rather than the new Camaro, which is what you see him at the very beginning of the first one. And that because he starts off in Camaro's this one.
1: also very round.
2: That's a good point. Yeah. Round. And in this one, he starts off as the classic Camaro and then transforms into the new Camaro. And so they, and, uh, but probably ultimately it's a way to sell more toys, but it's kind of annoying to give us a better design for the character, and then take it away.
1: As someone who will now be owning three different versions of a Boba Fett action figure, <laughs> sometimes, you know, it works.
0: I'd like to let the listeners know, I definitely thought you were going to say three different Camaros, and
2: I was oh. <laughs> going to be surprised.
1: Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. I... <laughs>
2: Caleb, what do you got on your list for stuff that you like in this movie?
1: Oh, were we doing all three of them?
2: I was going to like... Okay, cool. I was this. like... Yeah. Um, no, you're cut off. You can't talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I right, take it back. Well, just back. just
0: just one, or or I got. Just give me, I give have, me one. Give me one. All right. The the first one is um. So Jack Reynor is in this movie, and um, Jack Raynor is also in Sing Street, and I really like Sing Street. <laughs> and every time I heard his voice, whenever he was Irish, because he wasn't always Irish, but he mostly was most of the time. Sometimes he really wasn't when he talked, but when he was Irish, I thought of Sing Street, and that made me happy. So his voice gets a... <laughs>
1: so the disassociation aspect of it. Is.
0: Yes. It made me think of a better movie and that better movie made me happy.
1: So they do
2: reference his Irish accent in this movie. So I guess that's, he's supposed to, and he does mention something about being from Ireland. But to me, his performance reads as someone speaking and not their native language or accent. And I can't pin down which accent I'm – it either sounds like an Irishman trying to do an American accent or an American trying to do an Irish accent or an Englishman trying to do a Scottish accent. It sounds like someone who's speaking speaking in a fake accent, even though he is Irish, speaking in his own (laughs) accent. It feels like someone going the wrong way, but I can't figure out where they're coming from or where they're going. It just is – Cotton He's Joe. just not... Thank you. <laughs> he's just not... For me, not consistent. I also found... I think part of the problem is he never is hitting the volume he seems to be trying to hit. There At any given time, it seems like he's either supposed to be whispering or yelling, but he's doing neither. He's just talking at a normal level, but mm. it sounds like he's trying to whisper or trying <laughs> to yell, mm-hmm. um, which is a far, far cry from our previous star, of Buff, who was constantly screaming, and you knew it. So... Uh, <laughs> Those are my knacks. Is he the star? Max. I don't know. He is he is present in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mark Wahlberg's definitely the star, but they're the most equivalent, Shia LaBeouf and Jack raynor And he
0: might be of the three, of, of the Jaeger clan. He's, <sighs> <laughs> no, I think Tess is technically the one who has her hands the most clean of all of them, but I, he's he's more clean than Cade, for sure. Of, and he's more likable. Clean of what? Uh, just, just crime and criminal activity in general. <laughs> he um, was stealing
1: utilities from his neighbors. Uh,
0: no, he wasn't. Uh, Cade yeah, was. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Cade oh, was. No, I'm he... saying Cade has really dirty hands yeah. illegally. Which is
2: Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg yes. Play. Marky Mark.
0: Mark? Yeah, he's um, he just an unlikable person I the entire movie. I just have Wahlberg movie. written mm.
2: down as Wahlberg in all my notes, but I think I spelled his last name differently every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wahlberg. My my first note that I have li- it. It took—I it think it was an hour and 15 minutes into this two over two-and-a-half-hour movie to I wrote down anything that I liked. Um, there's a point where they're running through a facility, and Mark Wahlberg just checks a scientist in, in the <laughs> arm and knocks him over. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> it's really out of nowhere. It seemed. A, it almost seemed um, uh, unplanned, so it I gave hope me an actual laugh.
0: I hope the mystery extra is somewhere in your list because
2: <laughs> uh, he uh, is— I, <laughs> I I didn't know how to write that down, much less describe it, so I didn't write it down. But we can talk about that later. Rachel, what else do you have on your list?
1: Ken Watanabe. Of course you do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> First, uh, who is Ken Watanabe in this movie? He voices Drift. So he's one of the Transformers. Yes, one um, of the Autobots. Why do you have a specific love for Ken Watanabe? I, I just
1: like Ken Watanabe.
2: But I think you like him from one specific movie.
1: <laughs> My favorite Ken Watanabe franchise is the Godzilla. The legendary Godzilla movies.
2: Mm-hmm. He's, for
1: me... Hey, there was a very almost let them fight moment in this.
2: <laughs> there is. There's almost There's
1: a, almost a let them fight moment. There.
0: It is kind of a... Like, these are like kaiju adjacent films almost. Like they're big yeah. things hitting each other and there's small people <laughs> on the ground trying not I, to get hit. I will it's say he has one
1: movie. of the best lines. He does. When... I, do Are we saving this um, for later? Let me,
2: I have... A long list of, uh,
1: I can't be that quotes,
2: long. but those quotes are weird quotes, not good quotes. You go ahead. Since since so, this, so, is, this is this is, probably what, is this star making.
1: So the when movie. the Dinobots finally <laughs> show up into the <laughs> film, two hours and fifteen minutes, Optimus has to fight them for dominance, uh-huh. and he and they transform into from their bipedal <laughs> to their <dinosaurs. laughs> and the other Autobots react. I don't remember what Crosshair says. And I don't know if I can say it without laughing because Ken, Ken Watanabe just delivers it with such grace <laughs> and goes in genuine almost awe ah, I was expecting a giant car
2: <laughs> That's my number one Which thing Which sounds
1: almost like it was said on accident and they kept it in. That was maybe Good his response joke. to the script reading
2: <laughs> Good joke Caleb what else you got on your list?
1: I think this
0: one will be a popular one um, I have Stanley Tucci, but a very, very Absolutely. specific scene in Stanley Tucci. <laughs> so I'm not going to claim all of him. You guys can have the rest of him. I just have one scene. <laughs> we can scene. all
1: have a bit of You can have a little bit ourselves. of Stanley
0: Tucci. Uh, everyone, <laughs> everyone can have... What, what's it that they say on that uh, podcast you like? A little touch of the touche, I think is what it's they call touch it. Touch the touche. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Everyone can have huh? a little touch of the touche. Um, another podcast. A little podcast. touch of the touche.
1: <laughs>
2: mm.
0: <laughs> uh, I love when he's just... he's he's. When they're trying to make Galvatron, he's complaining that he's looking like Megatron, which is insane that he thought there would be anything different after they used Megatron's brain. And he yells, I think the line goes, coding, algorithms, math. Why can't we make things the way we want them? And it's it's very funny. Just like yelling very vaguely scientific things. Mm -hmm. uh, I have that in
2: my list of ridiculous quotes as well. (laughs) It's just...
0: There's there's a lot of moments like that where I, I just... I don't know what they were. I don't know who was writing this movie. I don't know what age he was, whether he was in or out of college, or whether he'd taken anything of serious substance.
1: But he was this like is... in his forty. Are you talking about Stanley Tucci or the writer? The writer of that. Oh, line. I was like, whoa. He is just like. i have the compliment for Stanley.
2: <laughs>
0: I yes I.
2: And I think what Caleb is not quite able to convey, which I don't think any of us could probably convey, is that he is yelling these words. Stanley Tucci has a particular way of yelling. Much like, like Raynor can't yell, Tucci can yell, and man. And he's a
1: quiet man.
2: Well, his performances, I feel, are often uh, marked by his lack of yelling and then very it, suddenly yelling. Well,
1: true, yes. But like, <laughs> I mean, I follow him on social media. This man has the most ASMR voice I've ever heard. <laughs> uh,
2: for viewers who are not familiar with the Tucci, he is famous for movies <laughs> uh, such as. He I'm is Caesar backwards.
1: Flickerman in the Hunger Games there you trilogy. Go. Yep. Uh, he is in uh...
2: Devil Wears Prada. Mm. He's um in movies, sorry, a Spotlight, and there's The Hunger Games. What's
1: the cooking one?
2: Julia and Julia Julie and Julia. Yeah. Oh, really? I he is it. in yeah, he plays the uh, Percy oh, Jackson.
1: In oh, oh, yeah. Uh,
2: oh, yes. he is the scientist who gives Captain America the serum. Um, <laughs> which I think he's I haven't seen that movie in years. Phenomenal <laughs> in that movie. He is in. The terminal with Steve. I was about to say Steve Martin. That is but not that means at all incorrect. Nope, not it is Tom Hanks. Whoa, okay. <laughs> way off. He um, and that. He's and been, he's in, been a lot. in various other films. Uh, he, I think Rachel would agree with this. Is the MVP of this movie? I love him. He, um, he's he's capturing, I think, what um, John Turturro brought to the first film. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is providing a. He is a what. Initially is a villainous character and then joined the side of our heroes, giving a very high quality, actually genuinely funny performance, <laughs> putting in way more effort than a lot of the <laughs> actors around him. Um, and I think much like I really enjoyed Totoro's uh, Agent Simmons, his flip in the first movie I thought it was really genuine. Tucci actually listening. To our heroes and actually realizing he's made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, the character he plays in this movie is the CEO of a major company. KSI. Um, and we're not going to mention all the obvious parallels to real world people. Um, we'll, just, we'll just say that. I'm a su- bald
1: rich man who wears glasses and owns millions of dollars. I'm
2: surprised that he didn't name his Transformers after a single letter.
1: Um, <laughs> I, robot. And
2: he's wanting to make his own Transformers, which he succeeds in, and then they turn out to be evil. And he realizes that he probably shouldn't keep making evil robots. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think it's a genuine turn. I think the character, um, but then doesn't like just turn around and is just suddenly totally a good guy. He's still a jerk. He still uh, doesn't really want to deal with this. I think it's it's a really, honestly, a great
1: performance. He does offer to help out the Jaeger family at the end, though. That Which he
0: should not. They, they should go to prison <laughs> for a long time.
1: They have <laughs> things outside of
2: the, the heroics that m- they are a, uh, a problem. Yes. Put the least.
0: Also, um, your description of Tucci makes me think that maybe he is the most lovable Geonosian um, that we've ever come across. Because he is making evil robots. But unlike the other Geonosians, <laughs>
2: oh he gosh. turns around at the end. Wow. <laughs> the Geonosians being the creatures who made the battle droids. And wow. Uh, Rachel, do you have anything else on your your good list?
1: Uh, Caleb took it. Stanley Tucci. You got anything (laughs) else on
2: your list? I do. I have a
0: couple of things, actually. I I want to add to Stanley Tucci. Oh, go. Please, (laughs) please, please.
1: I was just going to say, for the last 40 minutes that I feel like he is able to be unhinged, Mm. he kills it. (laughs) I think the way he delivers lines is just really funny. The whole scene where they are escaping the Shanghai um, uh, factory, and he has the seat and like his assistants are driving and he goes, and he just, the way he delivers and he goes, and I've got a bomb. It's just the way he delivers it is just deadpan and funny.
0: I think he's giving the energy that he Michael put his Bay whole, wants that third act to have.
1: He put his whole tooch into his performance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think Michael Bay really wants to have a very energetic uh, third act. And Tucci is is delivering a human performance that's very energetic. But there's so much chaos, and we're so numb to it by two and a half hours in. Yeah. That, like, whatever energy there would be is totally gone, and we're more just drained by this third mm-hmm. act.
1: Mm, I agree. It's I like, agree. at least Stanley's here to be funny. Yes. yes. He
2: really saves this movie from being a total train wreck. Agreed. What else you got, Caleb? Uh, I
0: have two other things. Oh.
1: Um,
0: I, I do. They're, they're pretty minor. Um, but there's some scene when they're rescuing Optimus on the ship. And the Hound, voiced by John Goodman.
1: No, uh, John DiMaggio. Oh, wait, yes. Yes. Yeah. God, John. <laughs> Redact that. Take that out, Athena. <laughs>
0: Keep it in double it. That's the line, right? No.
1: <laughs>
0: Triple it. Um, he, he, like, interacts with an alien. I don't remember why. And then he, like, spits on them and he freaks out and he shoots it. And just that whole scene, it's just, like, kind of goofy John Goodman stuff. And it was extremely entertaining for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's not great. But I could have watched a solid 10 minutes more of John Goodman bumping around aliens (laughs) and getting, like, stuff all over him, freaking out and shooting stuff. Like, that kind of goofiness I could have gone a little bit more for. Um, And then
2: finally— Well, I have one more. One more. Uh, So that that, that nicely transitions into my last thing that I have listed here, which is— so they they sneak onto the enemy spaceship and on the spaceship is a variety of other robots like alien robots and other biological aliens. What I think is a really fun element of this movie. This movie, this series gets really samey with the way it presents the Transformers and gets really dull and the inclusion of other alien life like you just mentioned is a lot of fun. It's fun to see the Transformers interact with other things other than other boring gray uh, robots and it's also I think why it's good is because it's taken directly from the 86 animated movie where they go to other planets and interact with other creatures um, and those segments are also some of the best practical sets and costumes and props in the whole movie. Um, a lot of the aliens are practical. The, the, the sets that they're interacting with, the props they're interacting with are all real and yeah. that's the one time in the movie it feels like something's actually happening. Transformers did a really good job interacting with the practical sets absolutely <laughs> <laughs> talk about the human characters
0: <laughs> uh, what is your final note here very small thing I think Rachel and I actually get to share this comment but um, there's a there's a Triceratops at the end Oh, uh, snarl. his name is Snarl I guess but I just called him Trike and I just sat down Trike is a good boy he and is he a is a good boy. boy he just he just comes off he's just doing good boy things at the end um, and, and he gets good boy points good boy points <laughs> He doesn't. The movie does not get any good boy points, but Trike specifically gets good boy
2: points. <laughs> so to transition into the the long list of bad stuff that we might have in this movie, oh, um, I have a mixed thing. I I've gone back and forth on this since I first saw this movie back in 2014. Um, so the the human made transformers in this movie they they don't actually transform like the other transformers by like their parts rotating around. They dissolve. They just do this like particle effect. And I'm mixed on whether I think that's a good choice or not. Because on the one hand, it's kind of lazy. Like, what do you want to see in a Transformers movie other than see the Transformers transform? And it totally skips that. And it's obviously a way to just cheap out on Because this movie's constantly cuts away from the actual Transformers transforming. So they, it's very clear at this point that they are trying to cut costs and avoid showing the transformation as much as possible.
1: I guess if you also wanted to look at it from a continuity standpoint, I don't know if you want to, but we get to see the actual Transformers transforming in such a way that shows that they are still living things because mm. their parts have to account for their kibble. Uh, that That's like the term a lot of people use for like the extra parts on their armor. Just FYI for that, like... <laughs> you didn't it, just make up that word. No, I didn't make up that word. They call it like... So like <laughs> if, if... For like the uh, figure collectors, a lot of the extra parts, they just call it kibble. Um,
0: not the kibble that you eat, Athena.
1: No, not the kibble that <laughs> Athena eats. Um some of them are are as expensive as that though um but so at least like with the uh homegrown transformers i don't know the real ones you kind of get to see their parts move around in a way that showcases they are living beings that have to account for their mass versus Mm. the manufactured ones don't really have to take that into consideration because they're not living Mm. quote unquote living
2: yeah and i think I think what that kind of plays into is why I think I might like it is it kind of makes them scary. Mm-hmm. It makes them a threat. Like, this is like wow, this is this effect, I think it actually does look pretty decent. Like it's if it's executed well uh, with the CGI and it's different like the moment you see them transform the first time i'm like wow that oh actually God. feels like a threat to the autobots like mm-hmm. this is something different that they haven't fought before because like that's whereas I, I think is
1: this their like, uncanny valley <laughs> kind of yeah really that would be
2: uncanny to them that's a good point um something time, wrong with that one <laughs> by time you get to the ending of dark of the moon we've just been seeing autobots and <laughs> Decepticons fight relentlessly for three movies like a total of like nine hours almost it gets really dull and i made the joke when we talked about the animated the cartoon. They've been fighting for millions of years. Why is this still happening? But this is like clearly something new that the Autobots have never fought before. And the fact that they can just like dissolve and go back into their form is something that would be an actual threat. So I, I've got thing, reasons I like it, reasons I don't like it. So I wanted to put it in the middle. Um, Rachel, what do you have as your first negative comment?
1: The Romeo and Juliet law. <laughs>
0: Oh, I actually have that down in questionable. Just, uh, I actually. I mean, with, it's both, I it's I label that section as
2: uh, three humps. <laughs> so this is one of the most infamous elements of this movie. You want to explain?
1: Unfortunately, I can't. <laughs> so Cade has a rule for Tessa that she can't date until she's in college. He wants her to focus on school, get a good education, whatever, all that.
0: I don't she, think he quite says it that explicitly.
1: Well, <laughs> Yeah. That's that's the idea. And so she has the secret boyfriend Shane, who I don't remember how they met because I definite, my they definitely eyes, did not tell us My that. eyes just glazed over during this whole scene. This is after they've escaped the government. Um and so Oh Cade, actually yes. they met in high school. Oh yes, so they technically met in high school. Oh <laughs> apologize, listeners. <laughs> I I don't apologize. When uh Shane the boyfriend <laughs> Was a senior and she was a sophomore. Okay, whatever. But Kate is flipping out that a 20 year old is dating his 17 year old daughter and he's putting all this, she's a minor, blah, blah, blah. And they go, We met in high school. And Kate is still like, This is still creepy. I'll call the cops on you. And Shane whips out this little card from his wallet that has this Texas statute called the Juliet, the Romeo and Juliet law that says, because they started a consensual relationship while they were both minors, it's okay, even though one of them has aged out, which I don't have a problem with a senior and a sophomore date in high school, whatever. What I hate about this is that we got this much dedicated time to this, and it's just... It's a bizarre
0: choice. It's so bizarre. In a three-hour long movie. You,
1: you know what's also really kind of weird that I just noticed? Shane, notably Irish, in a Texas high school. Not saying it's impossible. It's just kind well, of interesting. the part where he's
0: carrying a Texas statue in his pocket and he just whips it out like it's a business yes. card? Yes, why
1: was he ready for that? Because that's saying
0: creepy. Whip it
2: out. <laughs> you got to come up with another phrase.
1: But, like, um, that was my thought. Why did he have that ready? That's just really creepy because you know what? You know how you answer a question like that? We started dating when we were in high school. That's it. That's the end of the story.
0: So I, I have a little bit of personal um, addition do to this. Do you have
1: business. a Romeo and Juliet card in your wallet? Because if you do, you can leave. <laughs>
0: No, um, so Romeo and Juliet laws exist across the, cr- the country. It's, it's a classification mm-hmm. of laws, um, and that's just kind of the colloquial tone mm-hmm. for them. Um, but while I was, I worked on a campaign a few uh, years ago okay. for an individual in the state where we reside, or we don't reside maybe. I oh, don't know, it's redacted.
1: <laughs> we exist in the in-between.
0: <laughs> Somewhere. We record um, in the world between worlds. Really, this really happened. One of the people I was with the candidate as he was knocking on doors and and, and talking with people in um, the town he was representing, and a very this was a very real conversation where they wanted Romeo and Juliet law reform because of it, because of one of their child children's uh, relations. So this was a very this that was my first introduction to this, and then later on I learned it was in a in a, in a Bay uh, movie. So a bizarre connection And <laughs> I've, I've, I've 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 interacted with this indirectly before seeing it in a, in a bay, uh, film. Wow. Really odd connection. And, and yeah, so that's why it goes in the hmm, category, as I just said. <laughs> <now. laughs>
2: that's mildly interesting. <laughs> that is. It's interesting.
0: Oh, it's bizarre. It's a bizarre choice. I'm not sure
2: why. Why would he do that? <laughs> I don't even want to. Like, this is this is not even worth going deeper into. But thank you for explaining that, so I don't have to. Rachel, <laughs> Caleb, what have you got for next on your list for for stuff you didn't like okay. in this movie?
0: Um, things I didn't like. I only have four. Um,
2: <laughs> Short list,
0: <laughs> but they're kind of broad. I'm gonna try
2: to get it to four. I'm trying to like group them together. Uh,
0: the first one is, and this is very noticeable in the opening forty minutes when they're in Texas. It's harder to notice because everything's harder to notice. You're getting tired by after that point. But there is real lack of day and night continuity between shots. Mm-hmm, Extremely yeah. noticeable lack of continuity day and night. And then confusing. There's certain shots that are definitely, I made a joke that it's in script four but not in script seven or whatever. I, I think literally there's different versions of that movie and they didn't take the time to cut out the parts that were in other parts, of mm-hmm. other versions of this movie. There's a scene mm-hmm. where um, Gunface climbs up a silo and for then, no the, whatsoever. for no reason, for no because in the next scene he's driving out with the military. And
1: do you notice like we the next, see like, him? Shot. Do you notice we see him at the silo again? <laughs> do oh, we, we really? really? We do. He shoots Optimus from a distance, snipes him.
0: So yeah. I thought he was on
1: the
2: road when he did that.
1: No, there is a there is a shot of him oh, later I think where he was right. on yeah. the
2: silo. So they were just edited out of order then. Yes. Wow. Well, but he's in a different location, then
0: and maybe this will get expanded to a broader <laughs> critique.
1: Spawning in and out.
0: Right, but. There is no sense of location in this movie. Things happen, but it, we have no idea where people are into rela- in relation mm-hmm. with each other. This is especially noticeable in the spaceship scene where all the characters are on seemingly a smaller location than that planet thing Earth. That
1: is the size of a, like, city. That thing's, like, a good chunk of the size of Chicago. And we have, frankly, no idea how big this ship is.
0: Yeah. And, there's, and, and that's one of the biggest issues. Well, not the biggest, but certainly an issue with the movie is we have no idea where any characters are at any time in relation to each other. And they just show up in a scene and attack each other. And, and you know, um, so it's, it's, that's part of what builds on the exhaustion. But that lack of continuity, that is really bad.
2: Yeah, and to the point of... They clearly needed to add some shots but couldn't go back and do proper reshoots. So there are multiple shots, especially in the third act of this movie where the actor was clearly clearly shot in front of a green screen. And they are compositing Stanley Tucci
1: in the car. horribly. (laughs)
2: Like, see, Stanley Tucci in the car where the lighting is wrong and there's a shot of Kelsey Grammer walking in the back. Both he looks like a green screen effect and the background looks like a green screen effect on top of a green screen effect. It just (laughs) looks (laughs) dreadful. And on top of discussing bad editing... There are there's lots of editing in this, in, especially in action scenes where characters are, are in between shots, different locations, standing in different places, in different, uh, different standing in different uh, positions. The worst of which being there's a shot, there's a wide shot of uh, Mark Wahlberg's character up against a wall, and then he gets <laughs> shot at. And when it cuts into the explosion, there's just. Another person there who and wasn't in the previous it's not supposed to be
1: Kelsey.
0: He goes into my hmm, category. Yeah. I love the mysterious extra. He's so good. And
1: it's not supposed to be Kelsey, the guy they just killed. We have no idea
2: who this, char- this human character is. It makes no. But he gets sense.
1: obliterated. <laughs> yeah,
2: he's dead. <laughs> he's, he's not dead even now. in the next shot. His there's no. Corpse I would or almost anything. dare say
1: he looks like he got vaporized. In, in yes. my
2: my head canon, that was Shia LaBeouf's character. <laughs> he just
1: showed up to help, and he, died. he was actually the forest in the whole ghost.
2: Time. The movie was just so poorly edited; we just never saw him, and that was the only shot <laughs> hey, left. He in was with
1: him. Bumblebee the whole time, who we never saw this film anyway. He was in
2: the tr- Bumblebee's trunk the whole movie. <laughs> Just sleeping. Cause that's where he has to sleep. Oh no. Um, my um, my next complaint. Um, I'm gonna go off. So a moment ago, I told you guys to quit saying "whip it out." Um, especially in the third act of this movie, they see the word "seed" a lot because that's the yeah. device that they can use to give life to the the human made transformers. Dude, they say "seed" like 30 times in this movie, and it they'll like say it multiple times in the same sentence. It's wild, and they need to stop. They should just switch to, like, kernel every now and then. (laughs) The device. Like, give give them, like, the device. They do, thankfully, start referring to it as a bomb at some point, which I was very thankful for. But, uh, man.
0: So that's... uh, And talk about a MacGuffin that we did not need. We are two and a half hours in before this thing even shows up. And and I don't know. I, I have no idea what it does still. Seed. It's a seed. Um, <laughs> not a fan of that at all.
2: Yeah. What do you got next on your list, there, Rachel?
1: One of the things I hate most about this film is the worst fake out with the boyfriend's sports car. Yeah, I remember a seeing. Choice. I remember yeah. being in theaters seeing this, and so you know things are going down with the KSI. They're hunting down Optimus, and Optimus is like hmm, trying to figure out if you help Kate or not. You know, finally, you know, so we, and we see shots of this sports car which specifically has been shot to see that there is no driver in this car Mm -hmm. all of the shots there is no driver and it's a you know kind of punked out race car obviously drag car of some form and i'm thinking oh we're gonna get a new autobot this is actually really cool (laughs) it's tessa's 20 year old boyfriend (laughs) that i remember being like Actually really disappointed in the theater where that happened. Because I was like, so you're really just going to fake us out with this guy? Anyways, I, I, that you was just You came something... to a
0: Transformer movie expecting to see a Transformer. <laughs> yeah, I
1: did. And that was my fault, I guess. <laughs> yes,
2: I agree. That is... It's just a bad choice. Why... And then I think something that's a missed opportunity there is you introduce a character who's really supposed to be really good at driving. I don't think he ever does anything that shows that he's good he at driving. He jumps a ramp. Um... I think a yes. missed opportunity is to give him like.
0: For the viewers, there was a
2: side eye there between Rachel and I, but
1: you need to give him a
2: strong relationship with the transformer, or like a like combative relationship, but where like he's like trying to prove that he's better at being a car than the transformers. There's no relationship between him and the transformers whatsoever. He
1: just exists.
2: Yeah, the movie. He is present in this movie. I, I could go off a whole tangent. I'm gonna give uh, Caleb time to talk.
0: Actually, this moves into an. Uh, Good point. Um, One of the things I have down is that um, a lot of the Transformer movie is in the background to this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of just... Maybe I'll combine two into one here um, and and save us time. I hate so much of how this movie is shot. I hate that the camera is looking up at, at people almost the entire film, it oh, looks so awful. I, I just, you know, the camera work drives me nuts. But there's a lot of scenes where the Transformer movie is happening in the background of whatever movie we're watching. Mm-hmm. And that's not great if your movie has the word Transformers in the title. Um,
1: like even worse so than the other three films. Yes. And even, like they
0: cut, they start Bumblebee's transformation and they cut away from Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. until he's been trans it's just
2: and, and it's his introduction it's the first time we see him yes. in the movie it's the movie just does is not interested in giving the transformers their time of day it's be- i would say it's better than previous ones with with like how much the transformers actually feel like they're contributing and they are characters outside of the action but it is very uneven i, I definitely agree with that it actually, It's actually worse in the action at times. and In the action, they are not highlighted. Whereas in previous movies, they are highly highlighted. Yeah, bad, bad stuff. I agree. My next note is uh, just character work all around. Um, once I have high- my first note that related to this was, I just wrote down, good old Texas boy Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> this movie starts off in Texas. We're supposed to believe that Mark Wahlberg is this all hometown country boy. I'm an inventor, Mark Wahlberg. And uh, Okay, Omega. <laughs> <laughs> he's the worst. He's just the worst. Just so many characters in this movie are not... Uh, the, the performances or the way they're written or the way they act are just not matching up to the character they're intended to be. Uh, there's so many actors you could have cast better than Mark Wahlberg for this role. I mean, it's a terribly written role. I don't really blame him, but he's famously from Boston. He's like one of the most Boston guys, Boston. and he's supposed to be like he's from Texas. He's Marky
1: Mark. And
2: not only are these characters not well-characterized, I feel like this movie is constantly going out of its way to make our main characters unlikable and the villains
1: unthreatening. Continue, sorry.
2: Um, I mean, like, every every time we meet one of the main characters in this movie, they're being annoying or t- being sexist or, or vaguely racist or <laughs> gross. And the yeah. villains are constantly, like, doing things to undermine their villainy. And, of course, the worst one as always, ever since he, he came back to life for our sins, Optimus Prime, um, when he comes back to life in this movie, his first, first line is I'll kill you! And then later he says, I vowed never to kill humans. After This was after a series of scenes where he clearly killed multiple humans.
1: Hey, out of sight, out of mind. If he didn't uh-huh. see it, it didn't count. <laughs> what do
2: you I got? have
0: down actually um, on Optimus, I, in my, one of my <laughs> I just have a uh, drunk Uncle Optimus. <laughs>
2: <across your laughs> that is his vibe at the beginning of his
0: movie, um I want to sure. add a little bit more to the Cade Yeager thing, so um for context for the listeners, um both my fiance and I are in uh, law school at an undisclosed location, right and we've both done property <laughs> law and we're both uh, we're both big into property. We, we as big as we can she 's a lot more big into the it. law she's you know worked in law before, and so she 's done work with unlawful detainers and things like that and immediately the first thing I see when I see all those bills denied is oh no he doesn't own this house. No he doesn't like I am I'm just immediately racking up all the the bankruptcy the things civil he's crimes. gonna do. Yes, that's it that's the first thing I see is oh, this is a scumbag who not only is like his relationship with his employee is terrible. Whatever contract <laughs> they worked out is awful. He's not paying his employee, which is not how uh businesses work. Um so like at the end when Stanley Tushi Oh, there's a moment when Stanley Tucci threatens to sue him and Wahlberg threatens to sue him back and says, hey, you've got all of Chicago on your hands. I'm like, man, you've got a lot of speculation to work with. We have a lot harder evidence against you for a lot of civil stuff. <laughs> like you You're are... already
1: getting ready to defend this client, aren't you?
0: <laughs> I'm just, he is just, uh, he's a real scummy guy, this Cade Yeager. And I do not like that he gets rewarded for anything or gets shown to be a hero. He, he's, the, he's the worst.
1: Uh,
2: greed what's next on your list rachel i
1: have two more um (sighs) lucas who is lucas um Cade's employee oh who he does not pay played by tj miller yeah i didn't even recognize the name i thought it was one of the guys from fun or whatever (laughs) like that band he doesn't Um, pay him
0: and he says i own you which is not legal (laughs) and he says he he effectively trademarks all the guy's thoughts even though k doesn't once show himself to be remotely competent
1: luke it just gives me <laughs>
0: creep vibes yes
1: because he even tells tessa or tells k that tessa looks hot and it's like this is probably a 30 year old man commenting on a teenager which i mean we're in a this is a michael bay movie so like whatever it's just he gives major creep vibes and honestly this is probably the only thing i will ever agree with michael bay on but i also did not like him <laughs>
2: Well, here's the issue. I think actually what you're... I think I would say what you're actually getting at here is this character is played for laughs. He is meant to be creepy. Mm-hmm. He is meant to be weird. But that's meant to be funny. And, yeah. and it's meant to be maybe somewhat endearing because he's the first character who dies. Which it would imply in a, any sort of practical or or um, intelligent screenwriting, you would care about that character.
1: Dying. Yes. And we, <laughs> and we have at least... Three lingering shots. So oh my for, God. so Long Lucas gets taken shots. out by a miniature bomb of what we see at the beginning of the film that turns things into this like trans metal um, that lockdown throws. And so he gets cottoned in it and it like turns him into metal. Uncle
0: Owen and gets- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, except they can put up a fight and they are perfect. Well, <laughs> and so we have at least three lingering shots on this like awfully mutated... Like mutilated, frozen in uh-huh. spot, running Lucas that you can see his bones in shots, and we're supposed to care. <laughs> yep. and I remember in the theater just being like, "Whoa, that sucks." Anyways, we should also mention it's like that- it's like that top the Top Gear meme. Oh no! Anyways, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, I, I guess as I learned as I was watching it, I guess Michael Bay really did not. Get along with T. J. Miller, and so that might explain why there's such which is very funny if you think about it as just a very petty choice to linger on that
1: i apparently i don't know how true this is, but Michael Bay yelled at T. J. Miller and told him he wasn't funny. oh that's set. funny <laughs> which huh. that is actually kind of funny
2: <laughs> That is funny <laughs> What happens when a uh, unfunny object meets an un, uh, untalented <laughs> force. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, what do you got next on your list? Oh, boy, what do I have
0: next on my list? Um, Oh, okay. So I I combined um, two of them. So now I just have one more. So this is my last one. Um, I just have transformium, um, which is the (laughs) name of their (laughs) element. Oh, man. Which I hate. um, And and I also have, in parentheses, mapping the genome, um, which is not what you do with rocks, if that's what transformium is. I know, like, these are like, hybrid um They've aliens, got a sentient DNA, too. Kind of. But, man, it just sounded so, like...
1: You know something? <sighs> Continue. I'm going to tell you something really stupid.
0: It it meshes with that Stanley Tucci scene I mentioned earlier, where, like, Michael Bay is clearly not talented, or whoever his writers are, are clearly not... Maybe he hired T.J. Miller to write out the science scenes because it's someone with about <laughs> that, like, level of understanding who writes out all the science explanation, and so putting transformium, what seems to bespeak some kind of element, and then saying, I mapped its genome. Right? <laughs> even if even if that's how these hybrids work, it just sounds bad. It sounds dumb. It sounds like you're stringing a bunch of $7 words together to sound intelligent. And you're just, it, it just sounds bad. Do
1: you want to hear something along the same lines as bad naming things? There's a continuity that does discuss, delve into the bit of like the DNA of transformers. You know what they call it? CNA for Cybertronian, whatever NA stands for. Nucleic acid? Yeah, or something like that. And it's like, wow.
0: This audio format is not capturing my frown, (laughs) but it's very
1: deep.
2: Um, Next on my list is, let's see here, just the energy of this movie. We've kind of touched on this with the editing and the characters, but just like, I guess this comes from, we're on the topic of, of Michael Bay being an untalented director, which I don't think is totally fair. I think he does – you don't get to where he's gotten without some talent. He does have some talent. The issue is he leans far into the areas where he is untalented, which is basic storytelling. <laughs> and I think there are ways a good director can overcome their flaws by knowing what kind of story they'd be good at. Michael Bay has no sense of what story he'd be good at telling, which is why he makes movies that are two and a half hours and way over long in both – not serious, but also overly uh, overly plotted and dramatic. Um, some things that I think really capture how this movie has no sense of energy, actually, is there is a shot of Kelsey Grammer rolling up his sleeves, and it's not even like a dramatic shot. It's just a shot up at him, and it's about three seconds of the man just rolling up his sleeves in the middle of an action scene. And it's not funny. It doesn't add to the pacing or the drama. It's just a bad shot. And similarly, in the middle of an action action scene, Mark Wahlberg gets out of a car, puts on his satchel, and then keeps running. Another unnecessary shot. Another scene that I'm gonna I'm gonna merge a little bit into another. This movie having bad energy,
1: bad vibes.
2: <laughs> the uh, product placement in these mm. movies it gets so egregious. Mm. There's two really egregious ones Bud in this movie, line. especially there is a Oreo vending machine transformer. And there is a scene where they land in the middle of Chicago and a man starts yelling at Mark Wahlberg saying he better have insurance. And Mark Wahlberg's yelling at him like, what is a spaceship? You try to get insurance on a spaceship. And they've just crushed a, uh, a, a beer truck and he grabs one of the beers and pops it open and chugs it but then spits it out and throws it. And it's just awful.
0: I hate it. I'll also add that that's another... We can add that scene to the list of uh, lawsuits that are pending against (laughs) um, (laughs) Kane Yeager, which he will uh, certainly
2: lose. (laughs) What do you got next, Rachel?
1: This is probably the beefiest of my dislikes. This movie, in my opinion, but like I've said many times in the past couple weeks, Michael Bay did not ask me. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's main character should have been Lennox from the previous films. Yeah, 100%. it should have been so. Absolutely. If you've seen the other films, Lennox is one of the main military guys who works with the Autobots from the get go, like from the first. It's okay if you don't remember
2: it um, <laughs> from
1: the get go. And so Lennox has this pre-existing relationship with the Autobots. They're in. Uh, they fought at Mission City in the End of Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Um, Dark of the Moon, and all of that in between. And I really feel like if the next trilogy had, instead of being about Shia LaBeouf, had included Josh Duhamel, who plays Lennox, that really would have been a good building group because if anyone is going to fight against the government for this, I would expect it to be someone with an established relationship. I think there's a lot of missed opportunity in casting an entire new group of humans because honestly we don't we, we don't care about the humans but honest, i think lennox could have been a character we did care about we see that he has a family at home he's got some skin in the game he we see that even in dark of the moon he was going up against director miring in defense of the autobots so i feel like if any of them would have been against them the government in this actions it would have been the previously established characters like that. So that's like my biggest beef, mostly also because you just don't care about any of the human characters except Stanley Tucci. Um, we but care about him.
0: Would Lennox kill a guy by throwing a football at him? I think that was Michael Bay's. biggest He'd probably
1: actually here. kill him with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> he would probably actually just kill him. And I think
2: what you're saying, Rachel, would also make, I think it's very possible this, at least early Drafts of the screenplay had that in mind. They feel similar. A huge element of this movie is that um, Michael—I uh, have to say—Michael Bay. Optimus Prime keeps referring <laughs> to the people he's defending as his family, which includes the humans.
1: Yeah, he got real attached to these Jaegers. He was There's, like mm, adoption.
2: <laughs> yeah, really, no reason for him to feel like unattached. street cats. Like, he was I, like... after the first, even though I think. Whatever they do with Shia LaBeouf in Transformers 2 and 3 is terrible. After the first one, it is very believable that him and Optimus and Bumblebee have a connection. It totally Mm -hmm. makes sense. And that's, I would say, quickly established in the first movie. I would say pretty quickly in the first movie, I feel that there's an actual bond between uh, Michaela and Sam with the Autobots. I do not feel that at all in this movie. And it would make more sense if it was people they had fought beside. And also... The daughter character in this movie would make a lot more sense. Yes. Because we see her as a baby in the first movie. I don't think enough time much...
1: would have passed, but. um, I mean, like. But yes, They do that yes, all the time yes. in movies. It's like it would
2: make a, this father daughter relationship make a lot more sense since that is like yes. the first scene of the first movie is Linux and his baby daughter. To have Linux in this movie having lost his wife, now having protecting this daughter mm-hmm. after he's protected the earth. The government's turned on him. Mm-hmm. I'm just totally agreeing with you,
1: 100%. Someone's probably fan fiction written it, but, <laughs> yeah, you know. Probably. But, yeah, it's just, they, yeah.
0: I, I do have something to add now. Um, this was not originally in my list. Okay. Ooh. Um, there's no reason why the Jaegers are, are even with the Autobots. The, what establishes them as on the run is when right, the government agents come there and they're searching for Optimus. And they point a gun at, um, at Cade and his daughter, right? And they're doing all the threatening thing, and then Optimus comes and saves the day.
1: But they found Optimus now. Why are they
0: chasing the Yeagers? The Yeagers
1: Because, so that plot line was explained, a, well, I don't know how well it was explained, but what was indicated. So we see this actually with the secretary of whoever, whoever the, whoever's working with the president came in and was like, so you guys are hunting down the Decepticons, right? And they reveal we're hunting down Autobots and Decepticons. And that chair was really confused because he's like, well, we fought with the Autobots. So there's like this kind of protection that, the KSI is trying to have... Cemetery Wind is the bad guys. KSI is the business side. You know, a, a, like I'm a mullet, business in the front, and then KSI in the back. I don't know. <laughs> or Cemetery Wind in the back. Ooh, um, it's getting late. And so, 10, 10.30, is past and, and, it's past Rachel's <laughs> bedtime. And so what it is is that they are trying to keep it under wraps that they are also hunting down the Autobots, who were the good guys. So they're going after the Jaegers because the Jaegers know that they're hunting the good guys.
0: It just... It, I, I was not... I think they, the the Yeagers get stapled onto whatever plot the – they get dragged along through this movie and and it mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense it doesn't endear me to them it, it they just the worst.
2: What do you got next on your list?
0: And that uh, well, we've okay. gone through okay. all of my
2: bands. So my final one is so you can talk, when you look at these movies, I think by the fourth film we've talked to death how the action is overly edited, it's it's poorly shot, the CGI is is wonky and um i think this movie does make a stronger commitment to being smaller scale than the last one makes a better commitment to being a little more recognizable what's happening to the easier to follow this one i think does make improvements over the last one it is still a bit, fundamentally a bad movie but where i fault this movie over the last two and it kind of goes back to the first one the last two are bland empty movies but the f- The first one and this one, I think, have a lot of missed chances on on good subtext, like things this movie could have been about. This movie ultimately feels like it's about nothing, but there are some very obvious ends. I think this movie could have tackled some interesting – it doesn't have to like – again, I'm not saying this movie needs to be about anything. You can make fun entertainment movies. They need to be an hour and a half. you got to cut it off at like 90 minutes. You cannot be – what is this movie? Like 140, 150 minutes long. It's over two hours. It's well over two hours. It's like 2.45. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some things this movie touches on. It touches on the treatment of veterans. This movie is about post-war. How are we treating these Autobots? That's an interesting subject of you know, how does a country treat the veterans after a war that was kind of tricky. That's an interesting subject. It touches on the subject of drones, something that is really prevalent in our age. The fact that these humans are building their own, what are supposed to be mindless Uh, transformers is this
1: a Tesla joke
2: no drone
1: no I'm saying with like you know self sentient cars I'm more thinking like how the
2: military use of drones Um. and like how humans separating themselves from war and trying to enact evil through a surrogate robot could have been interesting not touched at all also could have been interesting. Uh, similarly interesting conversation of the military industrial complex. This military man and this CEO are trying to come together and make billions of dollars making death robots and they end up nearly destroying the world. Could have talked a little bit more about that, but they ultimately those two humans, the CEO is redeemed just by turning sides and the, and the uh, evil military man is just killed. So there's not really any sort of grappling with those subjects. I think these are all missed topics that the movie ultimately doesn't really deal with. But yeah, so that's, that's my thought. Rachel, what else do you have on your list?
1: I'm on the confusing and unusual. Un- unusual um, yeah, I'm it. on to my, <laughs> let's do it. So as uh, Joshua Stanley Tucci is walking through the KSI business, he's like, I don't know. It's like they're walking through like a tour or whatever. They walk through a project showroom and there's like a bunch of footage playing on the screens. There is a specific shot that is swiped directly from Dark of the Moon, and it is the scene uh, probably about two-thirds in where all the Decepticons wake up on the moon, but it's shot in the air and moving like it's a genuine camera shot, and they have it playing. How did they get that? How did they get that footage? It's just something that I was kind of like that's weird (laughs) what do you got
0: we have actually my hmm, list is actually been Hmm. cut down to uh, just one that's all that's left because we've covered everything else Um, there's a bit where they say quite explicitly um, it's like bumblebee but better right and like there's bumblebee freaking out about like they've made Stinger who's the better bumblebee
1: I'm just (laughs) what (laughs) a (laughs) bumblebee
2: They've captured uh, <laughs> Bumblebee. Mm, that's a Bumberbee.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. This will not make it into the top ten bits or the top hundred bits or whatever. It's pretty good. But it's pretty funny. I like Bummerbee. Um I just wanna know what are the metrics for making a better Bumblebee? Like there's a moment where Cade says, like, um, you know, this this um like using Transform technology, that could be huge. You know, that could really change my inventing game. It's like, well, no, you clearly aren't going to understand this. I'm not even sure I trust, like, the human government to know exactly what. How how would we make a better version of a sentient life? What are the metrics for that? If it's just aesthetics, I thought How
1: does one determine the worth of a soul?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: I was thinking just. Um mm.
0: like I thought the uh the transformers could transform into anything.
1: This is a Jurassic Park film.
0: And uh yes. Sorry. It's it's continue. kind of it 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 is almost the Fallen it is almost Fallen Kingdom. Is it better than Fallen Kingdom? Rachel
2: shouts statement in middle of <laughs> podcast and refuses to elaborate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, continue please?
0: I'm, I'm just I'm just confused by the whole scene. I don't know how you make a bumblebee if it's just purely it looks cooler I can't bumblebee transform into whatever it wants, so why would he be offended? He could i, I don't know the Transformers like i mean he's he's a child anyway he's you know just very adolescent in the whole movie, but i don't, I don't know how their aesthetic judgments are formed or anything like that, but it just it just seems to me uh, an odd detail it it puzzled me. That's
2: all I got speaking of odd details that make you go hmm. <laughs> Continuing to talk about product placement, this was this includes product, plac- but it's, this includes product placement, but it's more troubling geopolitical implications. Um, by the time this movie came out, it became very clear in Hollywood that if you want to make a billion dollars, you've got to appeal to the Chinese market. And mm. within seconds of them cutting to the first first scene taking place in China, you have a shot of a famous Chinese actress drinking what is clearly a brand of, I think, Chinese water. And, um, yeah, I was like, I see what you're doing, Michael Bay. We I have don't to like call, it. We have I don't to call the
1: central it. government. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a whole... It's just the first of many yeah. very troubling elements of of uh, Chinese and Hong Kong government interaction with this film. What do you got next, Rachel?
1: I guess my question is, so. so we see that KSI is running out of Transformium because they've melted down all the Autobots that they oh, have. Transformium. Transform you. <laughs> it works um, And so they're like, you know, and, and we see, as we see in the beginning, we see these creators or whatever carpet bombing the dinosaurs to make metal. So I guess my question is, did they harvest that metal and accidentally leave some behind? And that was what was found kind of in that, I don't know, Iceland, Greenland, and that's what was found? Because that's the only question that I can think of to... Makes sense that this wasn't discovered beforehand by hundreds of years of archaeology, or maybe that's what they covered the pyramids in. I don't uh, know. Yeah, that whole
2: element of the transformers come universe. to Earth and dropped the seeds, and then now I'm saying seeds again. Oh no! Um, e. And then that Very whole element of <laughs> that whole element of discovering the, the things
1: in in the Arctic. It's all very unnecessary a different dinosaur fyi that is not grimlock yeah, exactly. that we see at the end it's just a different it one. doesn't
2: contribute to the movie whatsoever it's really unnecessary mm-hmm. it like explains why the humans are able to mine that thing it's really just a long explanation for that one small detail in this movie mm-hmm. um yeah it's a it's bizarre choice for
0: michael bay to do his opening
2: from armageddon again yeah really yeah yeah that's true what do you got next on your hmm list,
1: Well, hmm. okay, We've gone
2: it. through all of my hmms, Okay, so I have to pass this around. Oh, man. So I've got... How many more do you have, Rachel?
1: <laughs> Five. <laughs>
2: okay. Lots of uh, hmm in this movie. How about you give me another one?
1: There is just a weird point that has never touched on it. So we kind of mentioned this earlier how Bumblebee is very adolescent. It, it, all of the movies. There's almost no growth for him. Or he gets like... Uh, and, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Thord and every development he has in each movie is just reset each time we see him but so there's a weird moment where they're hiding out in like an old church in about an hour and 30 into the movie I don't know
0: <laughs> man I don't even remember this into part into the
1: weird limbo and Cade gets on to Tessa and Shane for cuddling on like the couch there whatever and he and Optimus have this weird moment <laughs> oh, yeah. where Cade's like, bah, kids. And Optimus goes, I went through that with Bumblebee and it's never <laughs> it addressed is. again. And you know what? There is a part of me, I'm okay with that. But it's just such a weird offhanded thing that it's kind of like, okay. And anyways, we're go- we're gonna, it's like they it's- went, we want to allude to this like father-son relationship they have, which is kind of apparent and you see that a lot in other continuities. And, but they but then they're like, well, we want to go too far into that. That's weird. I and thought
0: then, they were alluding to, like, a, a relationship that Bumblebee had with someone. That's also, like, I
1: think yeah, that's probably why yeah. they stopped there. They were like, hmm, this gets into weird territory. Yes,
0: which, I, is there any other female Transformers in the Bay Universe besides Arcee?
1: There were, okay, well, so, <laughs> there were technically three, but I think in Revenge of the Fallen, they all went by Arcee, which is stupid. Stupid. They were like triplets who were like had like a hive mind. Yes, which is really dumb. Mm-hmm. That that's as far as yeah. The that only that sounds like a complicated
0: controls. relationship for Bumble very, Bumblebee it, to navigate.
1: It's just because Michael Bay doesn't know how to write women, and he also came out and said that he didn't like that character, so that's why I <laughs> cut it off. But in other continuities, yes. There so are female transformers to
2: go to continue on from oh going to a weird place with a relationship with transformers in this movie. Mm. So the first act of a of a screenplay is meant to establish. Character arcs meant to establish what a character needs, where do they need to grow, what are their desires, what are their wants, where are they going to go the rest of the film. Well, at some point in this movie, um, Mark Wahlberg's character is talking to his daughter, and he says, "I don't date, you don't date," and she goes, "Well, that's the problem," or "Or maybe that should change." She goes, "Maybe you should." Yes. So that that line of dialogue would, in most screenplays, imply. That he would then find some sort of love interest or some sort of something to fill that hole in his life. There's no other female human characters in this movie. The character he then meets in the next scene and draws the strongest relationship to is Optimus Prime. <laughs> so, by the nature of screenwriting rules, that is the closest he gets to a romantic relationship in this movie.
1: But in the next movie, he does get one. It is
2: That is technically paid off in the next film in a. One of the worst ways imaginable. Mm. But um yes. that, that's my read of this movie is that it is you wanted w- me
0: to be here to watch The Last Night, knowing full well that's I that really is.
1: wanted you to be here to watch The Last Night.
2: <laughs> um What are your next couple on your list, Rachel?
1: Um we have an interesting mix of weirdly robot and weirdly organic mm-hmm. monsters. We see it with the creators oh, who were cool. really kinda I don't, fleshy looking I like or we that. see the one hand and then we kind of see the dog things too. So oh. it was just kind of like an interesting, um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like, Oh, squishy. Yeah. Hmm. Squishy. What else you got? I thought it was very convenient for all the Autobots to just be in that same desert that Optimus was when he sent out his call <laughs> after he got uh-huh. his new form. Uh-huh. They just all happened to be conveniently like all four of them. Like, they were just hanging out specifically there. Anytime this movie can condense they, time, they I'm going to give it
2: pre- credit for. So. They spawned it. <laughs> I'd
0: like to think that uh, John Goodman, whatever his character's name is, he was taking a nap the whole time. The whole I, time. That's, yeah,
2: he was, he, was, he, was, he was like, I'm sleep out. on top of this
1: butte and call it good.
2: <laughs> what else you got?
1: Um, this is the third blonde girl who is, like, supposed to be nerdy smart. That we've had, and they're but none of them are the same character. We start off with Maggie in the first film um, the hacker? who yes, who hacked into the FBI and determined that it was actually aliens and not a, another country. Mm. never see her again i'm gonna I'm gonna count Carly, she kind of had like the aspect yeah. for her. we see her in the White House um truly, she downgraded <laughs> anyways, that's a conversation for a different time um you know like. It, you know in the working in the white house you never see her again and then we have and i don't even know her name she's one of stanley uh, tucci's ass- oh. no she's one oh, of stanley tucci's yes one of stanley tucci's assistants oh, it's yeah. like Robin who's kind of like, like maybe but who's like kind of their business she's in the first savvy scene. yeah she's in a couple scenes afterward she's in the car scene when stanley's like bomb." Yes, but, <laughs> but but she shows up she's
0: like it's not established yeah. that she's in the car But, I mean, this is just a general critique of no one. It's never clear where anyone is. Darcy Darcy. what's her name. Played by
2: Sophia Miles.
1: It's just kind of like this interesting trend that, yeah, that just keeps happening with weird similarities. So that was just something I noticed.
2: My final note was just a shot in the movie that really stuck out to me. I'll show you guys in a moment. I'm going to just set it up first. So they are – It doesn't really... The context doesn't really matter. It's just this... Very randomly, especially as establishing shots, um, Michael Bay in this movie really likes to have, like, very... What I think he thinks are aesthetically aesthetically pleasing um, establishing shots where the colors are are nice and balanced because there's a lot of shots in this movie where things are overexposed or underexposed. Shots that are meant to be interesting to look at. He's, He's trying to be a good cinematographer. In this movie... If one for one detail would be, I think, a relatively aesthetically pleasing shot of a location, except for the fact that it has the word gas in big letters. It's a shot of a gas station <laughs> and it's just this
1: gas. aesthetically looking
2: shot of the word gas, which I found very amusing. How American of him. <laughs> what else you got, Rachel?
1: This is my last one. Um, I happen to think of this while we were recording. I am if I remember correctly, I'm about ninety percent sure that my grandma went and saw um, Age of Extinction and The Last Night because Mark Wahlberg was in it. I very... I remember her talking to me about them because she wanted to see them because Mark Wahlberg was in it. Huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> so moving on to... Um, I've
2: got um, a list of just out of context quotes I wanted to share that I've written Ooh, down. Oh, I got good quotes too. Um, we have a saying on this planet... The enemy of my enemy is my friend Well, I have a saying I don't care (laughs) My face is my warrant Cade, they are going to kill you His name's Shane and he drives We're not in Ireland, Lucky Charms We're in Texas (laughs) Join your rebel friends, fugitive scum You defend my family or die Got your fortune, Cookie You see my face, your life is done you can change anything into anything, and as Caleb said earlier,
1: algorithms, math.
2: <laughs> what a quote you! Got. I
1: have quotes from us throughout I also watching have this. A list of quotes Caleb, you have you have some bangers. Um, this was during the factory scene, forty minutes in, where Shane is driving them through the factory to lose KSI, and you just go just off screen. A Transformers movie is happening. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: good, absolutely, I love that. Um, there's a point early on when Optimus Prime is heavily damaged, and he says, my Autobots can fix me. And Rachel goes, I just need one of them to sacrifice themselves, <laughs> which is we've seen to be we've consistent in this series.
1: Um, okay, we had another one. So this is where they're escaping KSI again. You just go, who did a better cornfield chase, Michael Bay or Christopher Nolan? <laughs> there's
2: a point where Cade says... To his daughter, no smooching, and she says, "You're so square." Who says smooching? And Caleb says, "Who says square?"
1: Um, this is a good interaction between you two. So I can't remember what what you mentioned, Caleb. But Cameron just said, "Don't reference better movies, Caleb." To which you say, "So I can't reference any movies." <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, out of context, Rachel quote: "This is just like that scene in Finding Nemo." <laughs> <laughs> tell us which scene you think we're talking about in our review um comment it below (laughs) yes i cannot believe cameron and i did not make this comment we are an hour and 30 minutes into the movie and so they're in chicago they're flying around and we mentioned one of the transformers crosshairs and caleb just goes wait crosshair Zero days since our last crosshair (laughs) incident, which I cannot believe we didn't make that joke.
2: I really appreciate that. I
1: I mean, wow. (laughs) That was good.
2: Good stuff. Um, There's a point where... I don't. I've, I've kind of forgotten the exact context, but uh, they're standing next to one of the spaceships, and a character just goes, "It's a spaceship." And then the next shot is a helicopter flying over, and Caleb just went, "That's a helicopter."
1: <laughs> um, so this is not a quote from tonight, but this is a quote from when I saw it in theaters with my mom. We're in, we're two hours and forty and fifteen minutes in, and my mom leans over to me and goes, "So where are the dinosaurs?" <laughs> Because that's a very accurate question to ask in this film where all the marketing is dinos. That might be the
0: subtitle of this film. (laughs) (laughs) It's Transformers Age of uh, Extinction. So where are the
2: dinosaurs? (laughs) Age of... Where are the dinosaurs? (laughs) My final um, (laughs) quote, and it does require context, uh, at the very end of this movie, infamous to me, uh, Optimus Prime just flies off. He just very suddenly can fly... With the jet packs in it, like the jet boosters his in his feet. feet, which, side note, it's a big point in the last two movies that he needs a jetpack, mm-hmm. and he could fly the
1: whole time. He condensed this time.
2: <laughs> um, so he does that. He just flies off into space, and there's a shot of all the Autobots and humans watching him, and uh, Rachel, what did you say? <laughs>
1: I'm not going to be able to say it without laughing.
2: I'll say it. It's a a very clever biblical reference. And the disciples watched him until they couldn't see him anymore. (laughs) So good.
1: Oh, so funny. I feel like I can't say any more quotes. The best one we got to end on. (laughs) Okay.
2: Well, if you want, then that takes us into... Oh, man. Just... More humor, more laughs to come in oh, a meme minute, but it's longer than a minute. Hopefully it's not longer than this movie we just had to sit for, but is it longer than a meme parsec or a meme? It's after gonna be a, it's gonna
1: be shorter if you keep going. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Rachel, what is the first meme you have for us today? Oh, okay,
1: so we're gonna start with the TikTok. So this is very important context um that you need to watch. The, all this is is a cop going down a slide. Very important TikTok. It's just, oh, man, I
2: love that video. So so you've
1: you, so you've seen it? Yes. So um, for context, so so that was the context. So this is the actual meme. And it says Luke right after meeting his father and losing his hand. Oh, my
2: gosh. That's
1: <laughs> <and> so <laughs> and good. someone has edited in the bottom half of the slide and the cop that's, flying out at the bottom of Cloud City. Oh, my
2: gosh. That is a great, great video. Um, so I'll, I'll include a video that I sent to Rachel. I'll show it to, to Caleb now. Um, so for context for this, at the end of um, – at the very end of the, – sorry, the third act of Dark of the Moon. Um, <laughs>
1: eh. That's
2: what that sounded like. <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Um, at the, in the third act of Dark of the Moon, Optimus Prime doesn't ever really – like. He isn't like consistently in the action. He's constantly like flying in, decimating people, and then leaves. <laughs> and so I sent this video uh, crimes, to, to Rachel to live, right? with the caption: uh, "This is this is Optimus Prime going in and out of action scenes." Uh... <laughs>
1: so that
2: is. Just footage of a truck with like a jet engine, like a big truck, like Optimus Prime, a semi truck with a big jet a engine. Semi, you could say. <laughs> and it just takes <laughs> off. I just wanted to get Caleb's reaction to that. Very
0: good, love it.
2: <laughs> what else you got, Rachel?
1: Uh, so this is when you train your entire life to be a Jedi Master and finally fight a Sith, and it's a picture of when of the Jedi Master getting F's actually killed by Palpatine within two seconds. <laughs> and then the bottom, the bottom image from Toy Story of um, Buzz Lightyear's existential crisis. Years of Academy training wasted. Years
2: of Academy training wasted.
1: That's two weeks in a row with a Toy Story reference. I like it. If we had a nickel for each week in a row we have with a Toy Story reference. <laughs> we have, have two, two nickels, nickels. Which is uh, a uh, lot. <laughs>
2: but it's weird that it's happened
1: twice. So um, this is a, a
2: shot of... Uh, and well, I'm going to forget his name, um, the the bounty hunter from Clone Wars, who's also in... Cad local. Bane. Cad Bane. To a shot of Cad Bane, and it just says, Blood thinks he's Oppenheimer. <laughs> 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 he's, got, he's got a hat very similar oh, to Oppenheimer and the black jacket. Not
1: blood mm-hmm. thinks he's Oppenheimer. Um... <laughs> we got to cut that. That was my stomach. We can't have that. That's not allowed. Mark
0: the time code, Athena.
1: <laughs> yeah, mark the time code, Athena um speaking of i also have a cad bane one um clone wars. so this is the seat this is a image from a uh, book of boba fett where we see cad bane walking away and it's a conversation from clone wars between ahsoka and anakin where uh, clone wars fans as if watching this look it's cad bane are you sure uh who else wears a hat like that <laughs> <laughs> which is That's funny weirdly relevant yes yeah, very really weirdly funny. relevant
2: Um, so this is a, uh, someone has modified a comic, um, (laughs) Hmm. yes, um, and the original comic, it says, yikes, murder hornets, but instead of hornets, they replace hornets with Decepticons. It says, yikes, murder Decepticons. I find that offensive. Not all Decepticons are murderers. You don't see us calling you murder humans. What do I call you then? And the human's been replaced with Sam Witwicky. I'm, ki- I'm kidnapping Decepticon. I'm tax evasion Decepticon. <laughs> uh, kidnap-
1: Kate
0: Yeager would get very well along with tax evasion he Decepticon. I he's man. a tax evasion Decepticon. That man has
1: not ever done his taxes. No. Ever. <laughs> and definitely not accurately.
0: But honestly, he could probably get rebates for the lack of income that he's pulling in all the time. <laughs> <laughs> my
1: God.
2: What else you got, Rachel?
1: So this is the... Uh, show me the real Jabba the Hutt I said the real Jabba the uh-huh. Hutt perfection and uh-huh. it is an image of Jabba the Hutt from the original trilogy a Lego Jabba the Hutt and then the infamous running joke from Rebels um, <laughs> Ezra. Ezra who tells people his name is Jabba the Hutt to so, not tell him his real so um, identity
2: <laughs> I don't exactly know how to explain this comic I just think it's funny so you have a Decepticon logo and a on Opt- an Autobot logo and the Decepticon logo is flipping off the camera and it says we come in peace. And the Autobot logo says that's wrong. Peace sign uses two fingers and it's two middle fingers. He says this is the right peace sign. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
2: what do you got, Rachel? Uh <laughs> it
1: says what is this shows up what that? when a Sith shows up on your moisture farm to kill your nephew load shotgun with malicious intent it's uh it's um i use from doom
0: yeah i think that's right yeah okay yeah
1: from doom which Uh, is the twin son listener (laughs) adam who doesn't yet exist
0: but will eventually he can (laughs) confirm for us (laughs) especially now that we've just doxed him
2: so i've got i've got (laughs) i've got two memes that go nicely together this one says uh oh this is a quote from episode uh three anakin says R two will come along in a few moments, and he'll release the ray shields. And then it's a shot of Ralphie from The Simpsons crashing <laughs> through the window, and it just says R two screaming.
1: I <laughs> almost did an R two scream, but I've already I've already yelled enough tonight. Wah!
2: I can't do it. My my throat is shot too. Someone similarly took the similar image and it just says, "Don't try it, Anakin," and it's Ralphie <laughs> photoshopped to <a> be <laughs> Anakin <laughs> flipping over the lava. <laughs> Ooh,
1: that's good. That's all I got.
2: Okay, so we've got, uh, it says, girl hiking trails, girls who are hiking trails. Nature's so beautiful. Boys, and it's Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, but their lightsaber's been replaced with sticks. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, got two
1: more. Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> when someone says C-3PO is the best droid, you're talking mad sh- for someone with any gonking distance. distance!
1: <laughs> we love our gonks. If Athena was a droid, She'd oh, be a gonk? Oh, you know i don't know she'd probably be more like chopper with the war crimes <laughs> and the long kill count mm. okay mm. final meme there's a man talking how to a waiter how did we not do
2: gonkenheimer how is that not a pun oh my gosh <laughs> there's your meme that you brought this week I'm gonkenheimer devastated <laughs> oh you should and i you should. am become gonk gonker of gonk <laughs> <laughs> you need to that'll be the
0: you need to do just like the Transformers uh, account did where they switch their logo um, to Optimus Primal switch the Rebels and Robots to a photoshopped gonk with the fedora and
2: (laughs) gonkenheimer so good I am be gonk gonk gonker of gonk Mm. So, this is a man talking to a waiter. It says, Bring me the biggest fish on the menu. And the waiter says, I'm afraid that's not possible because there's always a bigger fish in the <laughs> oh place with Qui Gon Oh, brother. Okay, so we decided last week that we were to have Caleb guess oh, first yeah. on which meme he thinks oh, he's made. Oh, brother. So, there's my. So, you can oh, guess me okay. first. Okay, I need to, if like. If you want. Uh, so, that, those, are the, those are all this week's options.
0: Hmm. I don't I just don't know what the fan base is for the gonk <laughs> joke. So I'm going with the gonk meme, but maybe there's more people who are fans of gonk joints than that. The
2: gonk joke is a huge joke in the fan base and I did not make the gonk meme.
0: Oh man.
2: Oh
1: my gosh.
2: Um so now you can guess uh, on Rachel's
1: it's, yeah. only, it's only four, so it's only you got four. A 25% chance. That's better game.
2: odds. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, do we say it if he guessed it right?
2: If or he she... gets it right, yeah, tell him. I, already, I I should have let you guess separately. Mm. I guess that would have made more sense, yeah. But tell him if he's wrong or right, and then...
0: I'm going to go with... Um, this is literally a guess. I have no basis for any of this. I'm just, like, picking in my hand. I'm going with a Java meme. Just purely picking it.
1: You're wrong. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Ooh, I got lucky
2: because I think that's probably the one. I- oh wait, wait, wait. There's two Java memes. There are. Oh wait, maybe there's just the one. Never mind. There's just the one. I got. I somehow I, I separated them in my brain. Um, that I I don't think I would have guessed that. Okay, my guess is it is it this one? Yeah. You you tried to sell it way too hard when you didn't know it was due. I didn't know. Oh, You didn't. I've never played doom <laughs> but why did you include that image then
1: because i like the image it's one of my favorite reaction you already images. have that caption on it no
2: and it What's it say?
1: Oh no, the the load shotgun with malicious intent already was there. Okay, that's the part. The Sith okay, one was okay. mine. I just I couldn't. I didn't know if it was Doom or Halo.
2: So the meme is when a Sith shows up on your moisture farm to kill your nephew, load shotgun with malicious intent. Also, just your your love of that whole joke around uh, Aunt Baru is very you. Well, so. it's also
1: a reference to one of the comics. Oh yeah, where Aunt, mm-hmm. where Aunt <clears throat> Uncle Owen. um, Shoots small point blank with a sawed-off shotgun. He, oh. he <laughs> offs him. <laughs>
2: oh, gosh. The original canonical end to Darth, <laughs> Darth Maul getting, getting 360 <laughs> no-scoped by...
0: Now I'm by just by thinking Uncle of the away. meme from maybe one or two weeks ago, the Kenobi meme. Um, whenever you wake up at night, that means someone's thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Kenobi. So it
2: wasn't the gonking one. It's not the gonking one. So you've got one eliminated. You are correct. The uh, Decepticon, <laughs> the, the septi- Murder Decepticon Hornets.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> my
0: my actual, my second guess was going to be um,
2: the Ralphie memes. I thought you would do two of them and then I've really throw off. I I've really mm. considered. I wish I was that funny. The Ralphie ones are so funny to me.
1: I have an honorable mention meme that I set to Cameron beforehand because I thought it would be funny if I did want to mention it. So there's a famous meme format of like a uh, happy um mr incredible and then play side by side with this really overexposed black and white mr incredible face where he's not as happy uh-huh. and so under the happy one this is specifically for caleb this is the meme for him the happy mr incredible getting to guest star with rebels and robots <laughs> the scarred mr incredible getting to guest star with rebels and robots on age of extinction night yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. i thought i'd be thought it would be Funny joke. So, yes. oh, I
2: got to update the uh, the scores here. I mean, it's it's uh, o and two for for Caleb now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do
0: I
2: need to send in my
0: answers um, before I, I hear them every time, and you just got? Um,
2: I don't want to have to keep track of that. <laughs> We're just gonna put you at 0 and two till you come on next. Oh <laughs> right, that works. Alison, I mean, sorry, Rachel and Cameron. Uh, i four and one. I you know I wasn't sure recently if I had her before, but I was recently re-listening to old episodes. Um, which plug at the end of this of the year, I am going to do a best of episode of the podcast. So anyone who's listening, if you want to, throughout the year or wait till the end of the year, send in your favorite moments um, so we can include on that. That would be great. So I'm going back and listening to old episodes, trying to f- pick out the uh, the dime the little diamonds in the rough. And I did on the first episode say Allison's name, so um, there and, you
1: go. And you said it again.
2: Well, I just said it again a moment you ago. Said it again. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm saying it again. Uh, <laughs> And so that takes us to the end of this episode. I mean, just uh, before we conclude, thank you for coming on again, Caleb. Such Yay. a pleasure to have
1: you. Thank you. Uh, no,
2: it, it's wonderful every time. Thank you for traveling our, so
1: far to come, to come <laughs> guest on our podcast
2: The, the, the two previous episodes you were on, I, I, I like to keep track of the, the uh, analytics for our episodes. The two previous episodes you were on over overperformed compared to other episodes from around the same time. So you, you give us a bump. Oh. Uh, our, 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 the episodes that you were on are, I think, more liked. Than others, so uh, I know my
0: fiance listened to at least one of them.
2: So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that might explain. She, uh, she listened to, sorry, half of one of
2: them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do tell people it is an incredibly inaccessible podcast. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for coming on. This was a blast. I think you made this talking about this this wretched movie a lot more fun. And it was fun to watch it wretched. with you as well. Um, we look forward to having you on again sometime in the future. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, not much has changed since the last time you were on, but do you have anything you would like to plug or
0: shout out? Um, Anything I'd like to plug or shout out? No, I think by, by last time I plugged two podcasts, both of which are... Oh, no, actually. um, The Let Them Eat Grass, the podcast I plugged of a mutual friend of ours, that's actually going through a renaissance right now. And so that actually you can now listen to that podcast. Mm. Um, So that is something you can look up if you want... Um. Regenerative farming content, I suppose, which is not this podcast at all. Um, but that's that's what that is. I
1: we do farm content.
0: We do farm content. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. No. And, and then the other podcast is long since gone. So no, no, no necessary Aww. plugs this time. Um, if I, if um, you know who I am, um, you know where I live, and you have a podcast or you have a band. Um, I'll also plug bands Uh, go listen to Lake Love if you want uh, surf rock or midwestern emo I'll plug you guys I was gonna reference them earlier Uh, I forget what the reference was but it was something about um, we mentioned oh you mentioned losing money um, on episodes having to pay money and he mentioned how him and his band would go out to play a gig and they wouldn't make enough to make up the gas to get back (laughs) just like really living that indie band life Um, and so uh, listen, listen to Lake Love they uh they're, they're really good. Um, definitely plug them. And um, if you know me, I'll plug you on the next time I'm on this podcast.
1: <laughs> Full
2: doxing.
0: <laughs> Full doxing. <laughs>
2: um, that does remind me. A quick thing that I think we promised to talk about last week. Uh, just quickly, uh, we've talked about the uh, whatever pop song they use for the end credits. Of oh each yeah, movie. I almost mentioned that. They uh, another element of this being a reboot, Rachel. They got rid of the Linkin Park <laughs> they and they've did. subbed in a far inferior band, in my opinion. Um, it is the song...
1: Battle Cry by Imagine Dragons. I yeah.
2: have a friend who's so
0: opposed to Imagine Dragons. He intentionally calls them Imagination he Dragons. Will, he will not
1: Imagine <laughs> Dragons. <laughs>
0: he will not. Um, and it's it's a very petty thing that he does, but it is kind of funny. I thought it was
2: unmemorable and unremarkable. What do you no, think? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, yeah,
1: cool. I, No, I mean, no, like, yeah, that's fine, because it's not really <laughs> that... It's not memorable. It's like, mm. okay, you just hear the... Ooh, like throughout the whole film. (laughs) You hear them doing that all the time. Because Hmm. Tessa's theme is pretty much just Imagine Dragons. Interesting. If you look at part of the soundtrack, it's Hmm. the vocals. Speaking of the soundtrack,
2: do you have a track from this movie that you do like, from the score?
1: I feel like it says how low this movie is for Mm -hmm. me, because I don't. Okay. I don't actually think I've listened to this soundtrack because I just don't care to.
2: On... Wikipedia sorry, not Wikipedia. Spotify at least is only four tracks. Now this says EP, so this might not be the full score. I wonder if Spotify has access to the full score. Probably. Typically, if they don't, they normally like gray out the songs.
1: There's but... just a lot of the main themes that we've heard in the pat in the past films, there's just nothing that sticks out. I think there was one bit during the highway chase scene where a similar theme from kind of like the other the main theme comes in but it doesn't last very long
2: i agree yeah totally so on wikipedia so what i have on spotify is the ep which is only four tracks but there is a larger score that has 23 tracks and then there's the complete score which has oh 82 tracks oh my god it's two hours and 19 minutes that's
1: Almost the late... So you're telling me there were two hours and 19 minutes of music and a two hour and 40 minute film. I mean, that is
2: literally the complete score. That's Um, just like... I think typically with most scores they release, they like choose snippets There's 20
1: 20 minutes of silence
0: in this film. That one makes sense. Could you imagine, though... No. (laughs) Dragons? All right. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) leave. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. Um, Could you imagine if the score... Is to a different version of the movie than the one we watched and so it doesn't even line up with the movie we watched no one's going to go through I, I pray no one goes through to listen and check if this is the case I, I don't wish that on my worst enemy to have to go through and listen like that it's
1: corporal punishment and,
0: and Megan this is not a challenge not that you would do this you would be uninterested in the score but this is not a challenge to go through and do that
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but that would be very funny, and it would make it would it would fall in line with the theme of um, I'm pretty sure there are multiple versions of this movie, and they didn't quite chop they didn't cut out all the old versions of
2: the movie when they released the finished product. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. We got to close out here. It is past eleven. So as always, thank you to Caleb Jacoby for our intro and outro music. Props to Rachel for our wonderful artwork and Twitter account at Rebels Robot Pod.
1: Props to Cameron for running our Facebook account and not getting in fights with other podcasts.
2: <laughs> I do secretly <laughs> diss other face. I I cannot bring myself to be mean on Facebook. It's just not worth it.
1: And also, in, in important because when we talk about dissing, we're not dissing them in any personal way, shape, or form, but sometimes when it's the the like farming with the birthday stuff
2: i mean i'm not going to attack anyone personally but there are some people who are not good content creators across the board and there's been so many times i wanted to go on their post and comment and call them out but it's just not worth it and that's a way to drive interaction but i'm just not willing to go that far but i do have to get it out of my system so i send it to rachel (laughs) privately most specifically recently. I um, got a very random notification on the Rebels and Robots Facebook page. It was an account inviting me to like their account. And it only ever happens when I interact with a page. And before, it ha- I knew what was happening so I had commented or liked a post. But with this account, I was I looked at their logo and I looked at their name and I was like, I have a very strong doubt that I do not like whatever they're posting. And I did not like them. I liked it on accident. I went to my activity. And sure enough, I had liked one of their posts on accident. And I was like, mm, no. Mm, so no. didn't want to be mean to them. So I just didn't do anything. And I, I, I did unlike the post. But I just sent it to Rachel so she could be amused by this account. Um, I don't know why they're inviting me. They, this page had like 13,000 likes.
1: They don't need my like. What are you doing? Um, nonetheless, I've been pretty selective with who we follow podcast wise on our social media. Good call.
2: So, um, as always give us something to read on the pod, leave a review. Apparently you can leave a reply on Spotify that I learned today. Um, I now know how to see those. Um, Oh dang it. I always forget to check.
1: We're getting really good at tech. Y'all <laughs> every week.
2: I check the podcast on, uh, Apple pod. Cast and I uh, have yet to find a review The
1: podcast on Apple Podcast But
2: exactly um, No new reviews so, okay So um, the sign off um, What I've been doing for all of these Michael Bay Transformers movies Is I've been uh, signing off using uh, Optimus Prime's final monologue So here we go There are mysteries to the podcast We were never meant to solve But who we are and why we are here Are not among them Those answers we carry inside this is Cameron, Rachel, and Caleb signing off, and this message is to our listeners. Leave planet Earth alone, because I'm coming for you. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> Good night.
0: Good <Gonkenheimer. laughs>
1: He's gone. We're gonna lose him to the back rooms. Tragic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny for the. It, it's kind of funny hearing my voice. This <laughs> quiet. I'm not used to it.
1: Used to projecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not used to it. Oh, he's recording us. I think. Oh. It... Oh, I think you're right. And you did press the button. I heard it go off. So he's just going to have to edit this part out. Maybe just start without him. No, Athena's going to have to edit this out. Cameron's going to have such good content for well, his mm-hmm. way. Yeah. He's going to mind this, this for is, the opening bit. This could be the, no, the ending. Oh, shoot. This is, oh, is going to be the after ending after bit. The music, it's just the ending. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, darn. We haven't even said anything good of substance either.
1: No, we haven't.